Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. It came here, the Fandom Nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Hey, we're back! And, you know, this is going to be a little bit weird, because, all right, normally we have Lost Boy Phil with us, but... We have a Phil with us, but it's not the Phil you all know, but yet it's also the Phil that you all know, because he's back. We have Mr. Phil Lawler with us again, and, uh, well, we're just going to bring him along the whole show. He gets to be an official Lost Boy and co-host today. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm honored. I'm honored. I'm honored. Well, I should hope Thank so. We're, well, we're, of course, honored to have you on again. Last time we had John, we just kind of got an education. <laughs> we just we just let you go, and it's like, man, he's got a lot to say. So, oh, you know, that's that's a big problem that I have. Once I get going, it can't stop. So. <laughs> but it was good stuff. I was like, you know, we want to talk about the craft of writing and, and storytelling. So we got that coming up. Also, we got some of our usual type of things. We're going to talk about our thoughts. Well, hopefully, you got a chance to see the Jesus Revolution. Philip and I went. I've now seen it twice because I went with my wife, then I went with Philip. Uh, so hopefully, Phil Lawler has seen it as well. I'm, no, he I hasn't. Haven't. I haven't seen it yet. All right. Well, I'll try not to spoil anything as we talk about that. Uh, also, we've got a little bit of news of some upcoming games, and there's a great amount of trailers that are out there. One whose trailer audio I am not going to play, and I'll tell you about that later in the trailer park. But as for now, we're just going to get in right into the regular show, and I'm going to fade out this music because it's going longer. Normally, I never seem to get through that. <laughs> I'm going to turn that down, and I have to make sure I turn it back up by the time I need to actually play a sounder. Well, usually how we up, open up the show is we like to have our what we call some host chatter. I should probably have shared the show notes with you and put them up on your screen. But we usually start that with the question of what have you been watching? Mm. 
So, like for me, the, my example would be actually I finally today got around to watching the season premiere of the new season of The Mandalorian, uh, which I did enjoy. It was fun. It is some of the better things that uh, they're actually producing of Star Wars, and that I think has more to do with John Favreau than it does Kathleen Kennedy, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. So I did enjoy. It. I did find it's funny, like in the first two seasons, and then. I guess the Book of Boba Fett isn't the third season of The Mandalorian, although it felt like it was. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I think they, they wanted to try to make it that, but yeah. I'm not sure that they'd succeeded. But it seems like they've run the course for everything idea they had for Grogu. And so mm. Grogu in this this first episode is just kind of funny. He's just sort of there as comic relief. The story really doesn't have anything to do with him. Just every once in a while, he gets to do something cute or funny. Sure. And we just, there'll be a conversation going on between two characters and the camera will just randomly, so like the editor just cut in. Oh, here's Grogu, by the way. Oh yeah, they're caught talking. Oh, there's Grogu over there. Oh, you're, they're talking. Oh yeah, there's a Grogu. So it seems kind of awkward, but for some reason it was working because they did have some pretty fun stuff for Grogu to do. So I'm still really well, behind on gonna, stuff. But, not, you know, I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to ignore your franchise character. You're not right. going to, you know, you, you, he's the one who made it actually all work at first couple of <laughs> times. Yeah. So. Let's not ignore him. Let's put him in there. Even if he doesn't have anything to do, let's put him in there. <laughs> Nothing to do but make some comedy and some cuteness. Yeah. I have not seen The Mandalorian third season yet. I saw the first two. I really enjoyed the first two. They were a lot of fun, mm -hmm. uh, first two seasons. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing the, the third season. I, I, just, I just haven't had a chance to do it yet. Last week I was up in Seattle with my granddaughter. Celebrating her first birthday, Yay. so we didn't uh, didn't watch The Mandalorian, but we did watch something that I found to be really interesting. I, my son and and uh, my my daughter in law and myself, we all watched. Um, I, I had not seen it before. Uh, the first season of Ted Lasso, hmm. and I don't know if you've seen Ted Lasso, but it is a really interesting show. It's really well done, and, and uh, I, I, I I had avoided it. I I didn't really uh, want to see it because most of the time when when folks in the world say, Oh, you got to see this thing. That's the kind of thing that I really don't want to watch. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, but it turns out that I was completely mistaken. Watching it was, was just wonderful. It's, it, he is a character. If you're not familiar with it, um, I'll give you kind of the premise. He is a football coach, a college football coach for a small team, small college in, in the United States. And he leads his, he leads his college to a championship, whatever league, whatever, division they're in or whatnot. <clears throat> and um, so he is hired uh, by a very wealthy British woman to come to Britain and to coach a soccer team. Okay, <laughs> so he takes himself and his, his coach, coaching staff, his assistant coach over to Britain, and they're uh, going to, uh, they're going to coach the soccer team. And he doesn't know the first thing about soccer <laughs> at all. Nothing. He's like the American, the ignorant American. And everybody hates him. Everybody hates him. I mean, he is called names as he's walking down the street. Uh. The, whole, the whole stadium, when he appears in the stadium, is, is chanting obscenities at him. Mm. I mean, it's just, it's, just the, it's just awful. The owner of the team, uh, she pretends to be really, really friendly with him, but she, but she has an ulterior motive. She just suffered through a terrible, nasty divorce, and basically she got ownership of the team in the custody battle, and she knows that her husband loves the team more than anything else in the world, so she has hired him basically because she's trying to tank her husband. It's a revenge thing on, mm -hmm. on her husband. That's the reason she's hired him. But Ted Lasso's character 
he he weathers all of these storms because he is unrelentingly obsessively just amazingly optimistic about mm. everything everything he sees the good in everything it doesn't matter how much you insult him it doesn't matter how many bad things you throw at him it doesn't matter what you say to him it doesn't matter what he's up against he finds the good in it and it's amazing to mm. watch it's just amazing to watch because um you, at first, it seems like he's coming across as this dumb guy, but he's not dumb at all. He's actually very smart, and he's and and the way he handles situations where he just kind of turns everything around toward the good, doesn't really care if anybody calls him names, doesn't really care if everybody thinks he's terrible, doesn't really care about that stuff. He is out to just show the good and the positive in everything, and it's really, really interesting to watch, especially in this culture, yeah. the culture that we have right now. It's amazing because this is a very, very good show. It's they're going. They're only going to do three seasons. They're they're going to start the third season uh, soon. They're going to start airing the third season soon. But they've done two. They're going to do the third one. And it's a really amazing thing because it's like what this is what this culture is hungry for. They're right. hungry to see that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and 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 it just works great. It's just it's just a, it's. I really I don't recommend things usually, but I would say go watch <laughs> Ted Lasso if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I've got it on my my watch list, but I don't get a lot of time to watch television. And I know, I what, know, me either. When, when I have free time, I'm getting in the habit of playing games, which leads into the second yeah. question, which is, oh, what have you been playing? And for me, I have continued to be playing the Hogwarts Legacy because, holy cow, was that a good game? Aha. Uh-huh. Which uh, friends of the show will be familiar with Adrian Ropp, who we've had on. Uh, he actually was at a convention thing. He was a uh, an artist with Avalanche. Uh, did a lot of, I think he even worked with some of the voice actors for some of the voices on Disney Infinity. Uh, but before he's had some health problems, he was able, and I saw his name in the credits under design, because I did get to a credit credits area of it, uh, which I, I kind of, I, I made a safe point before I do like the last two things. Because everybody told me, it's like, oh, there's a, there's a good and a bad ending. And it's all based on a choice you make at the end of the game. It doesn't matter what you've done throughout the game. It's at the end of the game that it matters. So I made a save right there. And then I also made a save before to do the last things where you go see who gets the Hogwarts House Cup or whatever. Which well, I went ahead and ran through. And yeah, I, I won the House Cup and all that stuff. So I'm like, cool, I've got an ending of the game. But there's so much on this map to do that I'm like, well, I'm not done. I'm going to go, you know, I, I'm keeping that save. I'm going to go through, do all this stuff, and then come back. Because you have to report back to Professor Weasley, the 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 uh, secondary headmistress. Weasley, yes, wow. there's a Weasley that is second wow. second in charge. What's well, fun? The headmaster is um, oh, I forgot his first name, but uh, you meet him actually in the fifth book. They never put him in the movies, but uh, you've got Headmaster Black who, at this time. Uh, oh yeah, which he is in a in a portrait in Dumbledore's office in the fifth yeah. film, uh, but uh-huh. he's actually supposed to be at Grimwald Place, and he kind of. You know, rolls his eyes at Harry because Harry gets the room with his portrait in there. But he's currently right. the headmaster of the school and Ray played Gibbs. played uh, by Simon Pegg in the game. Uh, awesome. A lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun with him around, especially at one point in the game. I don't want to spoil too much, but I got to drink some Polyjuice po- uh, Poison Potion and turn into <laughs> Headmaster Black to go and uh, complete some stuff. And you get some fun interactions with some of the other professors and some of the students that you've come across as you're trying to pretend to be black and hope nobody finds 
turns out that you're acting very strangely, Headmaster. So <laughs> had a lot of fun with this. I already gave a parental warning last week about uh, just a little bit of the content might be a little scary. And there is some um, questionable decisions, but uh, I guess they're just trying to say like, no, we're not as bad as J.K. Rowling. But yeah, I'm not going to get into that again. But yeah, <laughs> no, there no, are a couple yeah. of characters, you know, that they had to stick in there, but you can yeah. move past it and still just yeah. have a great time with the game. I had a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm still recommending that one, and I'm still playing with it. But apparently I'm going to have to play it at least four times because I was seeing some video where, you know, I went through as a Gryffindor because I was sorted by the official website as a Gryffindor. So I'm like, okay, we'll right. just do that. Uh, but there's different endings and different achievements for anyone who's games stuff. Like on a PlayStation, you have different trophies right. you unlock for doing certain things. And right. there's a certain achievement for going through to a certain point of the game as a Gryffindor, a Hufflepuff, you know, for every house. Sure. And I even found out there's a special level only Hufflepuffs get to do. Where you get uh -huh. to go to Azkaban on some sort of mission. Really? Yeah. So I'm wow. like, okay, well, now I have to go and play as a Hufflepuff. That would just be to go the that. least likely house I would think of to go to Azkaban. Wow. I think that's why that's they did it. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, I know that I know that from the books that uh, each of the houses have their own specialties. Uh, in fact, in one of the stories, um, uh, Hermione, they had the co the coins. I think it's in the the Order of the Phoenix. Mm, yes, the Order of the Phoenix. special coins or something like that yep. that they were doing. And and they 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 had the order there and they were meeting together and somebody from Ravenclaw said how come you're not in Ravenclaw, you know they said that to Hermione because mm -hmm. the Ravenclaws are supposed to be the ones who figure out puzzles right. and they're supposed to be the the, the really smart ones and stuff, um, but but so that's very interesting. I, I I do have a story. It's not it's not a Harry Potter. I do have a, a I, I don't play games, but uh, visiting my my kids again, they do that. My son and his friends play games a lot. So does my daughter in law. They play a lot of games. And so while I was there, they had another friend over, a friend of theirs over, and he was in the middle of a game that he was trying to complete. And my son had already completed that game. He, he was giving him suggestions and how to do how to do the stuff. And it's a an achievement thing where he's got characters that go through, and they're it's really it was really difficult to do. I mean, there mm -hmm. were some things where he was just dying, 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 dying in the same spot until he finally got to where he was, was able to go. Mm -hmm. and he completed he completed the game. And part of the game, this may be a thing that happens with all games these days, but. Part of this particular game was you could go back and watch the fastest time that this game was completed. You could watch the whole video. Wow. The fastest time was 20, uh, 24 minutes and, and 59 seconds. They, they broke 25 minutes. Goodness. It was the fastest. And it was multiple, multiple levels. And when you watch this, it is amazing. I mean, truly amazing because there are just multiple, multiple, multiple levels of this. And so you start the video and then you can hear him. You can hear the guy who's playing. He's a British guy. And he's talking about how he does this and what he did. And, how he, and it's amazing what he ignores. It's amazing the little, the little, um, what are, they're not called cheats, but what are they? When you, when you get little um, uh, fixes that you can go through and you can, you An can exploit by, bypass thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, but he was just flying through this game. I mean, just flying. And, and when I was watching my son's friend go on a certain level and he would just die and then die and then die, <laughs> this guy just went doo -doo 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 right through it. It was, it was really, truly amazing to watch it. And apparently I was like, I wonder how many times he's had to play this game in order right. to get this way. And, and at the end, when he finally did, he broke down the guy who did this, who got the record, he was breaking down and crying because Aww. he said, this is, this is, this took him like two years of mm. playing this game to be able to get to where he, where he was able to do this. Goodness. And it was, it was just, and we were all just, 
we know he's going to break the record, but it's still so exciting. <laughs> you're, you're looking it. and you're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Will he get it? Will he get it? Yes, he did. Yes, yes. <laughs> We're all dancing around the living room and everybody, the, they have a comment section so everybody can watch, you know, they can, they can comment on it. <laughs> yeah. And the comment section is just exploding. You did it, dude. What a great thing. Yay, yay, yay. Yeah. It's like, wow. The gaming community really has their, uh, mm-hmm. has their, has their support staff there, I yep. suppose. And they love, they love that stuff. So yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I got my son, uh, one of the original Mario brothers way, way, way back. Uh, in fact, he inherited it from his uncle who was playing it and his uncle got a new system. And so he gave it to me and I was playing it. I started playing it and I started getting obsessed with the thing. And I thought, <laughs> you know what, this is not good for me. I really shouldn't be doing this. So I haven't played those games since my son was really, really young. So it's been at least 30 years since I played any kind of video games because I know I would get really obsessed with them and and not do anything else all day long. It's that work-life balance thing. You have to find time to squeeze in. So what I've squeezed out is sit around watching TV. I don't really Well, there you go. There you go. You know, whatever it is, it's the opportunity cost. If you're going to take a lot of time doing one thing, you're going to give up time doing something else. I do remember, though, when we were doing Jungle Jam, one of the things that happened was uh, we discovered Wolfenstein. I don't know if you ever (laughs) remember Wolfenstein but man we were just I'm just going through going through all the castles and going through everything killing Nazis and getting killed and then coming back and look at all the secret tunnels and everything and that was that was just an awesome that was an awesome game I did like playing that but again I had to stop I had to say you know I got to cut this out cold turkey or I'm just going to be playing Wolfenstein all day long (laughs) I can't do that anymore as a real quick, though, little little toss back, because we were talking about Hermione and how the Ravenclaws is like, why aren't you in Ravenclaw? And they yeah. talk about, well, you know, the, the sorting hat also figures in, factors in your choice. So right. what I what my mental theory is, is J.K. Rowling said that she left little breadcrumbs of the Ron and Hermione thing throughout. And to uh-huh. me, that was a breadcrumb that she had met Ron and Harry before and before Hermione had gotten in there. Well, at least in the, in the movie, I, I think, yeah, Hermione would have been sorted first, though. But I think yeah. because they had mentioned on the train, I believe in the books, they mentioned that, like, all the Weasleys end up in Gryffindor. So I think right. somewhere in, in Hermione's brain, she kind of wanted to be in the same house as Ron and Harry. Yeah. So she might have done well as a Ravenclaw. Oh, yeah. I think she, she would have been way. great. Mm-hmm. But, but what's lovely is that Luna is a Ravenclaw. Right. And you wouldn't expect Luna to be a Ravenclaw. But she, but Luna is very, uh, uh, at one, uh, in one sense, it kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense that Luna's a Ravenclaw. But in the other sense, it makes perfect sense that she's a, she's a Ravenclaw because she understands yeah. that kind of thinking. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost an alternate way of looking at yeah. things, which is really good. And that's, that's very, 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 uh, very important in mm-hmm. philosophical cleverness, yep. which is exactly what uh, Ravenclaws do. Yep. They're, they're book smart, but they're able to think critically and be imaginative. So, Yeah, you know, that whole choicing, the sorting hat choicing, choice thing is, is, uh, is something I teach in my classes, which is really interesting. I mean, we, we, this is, this is a, a little preview for what we can discuss about stories, but this the idea of uh, uh, that's something that Dumbledore says to Harry at the very beginning, at, at one point uh, during the whole uh, uh, um, saga is that Harry thinks that he was put in the wrong house. Maybe I should be in Slytherin. Maybe mm-hmm. I should be in Slytherin. I think it's in the second film yeah. um, that he does second book that he does that. And, and uh, uh, he says, so why, why were you, why were you, why do you think the sorting hat placed you in Gryffindor? And he said, well, well, because I asked it to, and he goes, exactly, Harry, exactly. That's it. it you, it, it took your, it took your choice into account because you see that Harry, that, that is the point, Harry. It is not, um, it is, it, it is, it is not our, our, our abilities that define us. It is our choices. 
that mm-hmm. define us. And that was great because I said, you know, that's exactly what character is. Yeah. Characters, choices. Part of an essential part of character is choices. You gotta have your characters making choices. If they're not making choices, they're not they're not moving forward. Yeah. And I would also call it with great power comes great responsibility because your powers oh, aren't yeah. what defines you, it's what you do with them. It's what you do with them. It's your choices. It's mm-hmm. not our abilities that define us. It is our choices. Yes. You can take responsibility for them, or if you were Superman, you could choose to conquer the earth or defend it. Right. And thankfully right. he chose to defend it because oh my goodness. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All righty. But now we'll hop into, uh, hopefully, I always hit the wrong button. Hopefully, I'm thinking of the right button this time. <laughs> yeah, I got the right button. Oh, I better turn this up. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. I really need to update that because I mean, we still have Neverland in the show, but, you know, it's we don't really cover. Well, I still will jump into some Disney. The only thing I really wanted to be able to bring up and some of this I was actually going to discuss uh, with uh, our regular Lost Boy, Philip, because uh, he he's keeping tabs on the new WWE game that's coming out here very soon and finding out some of the more classic wrestlers, which I think I pulled up. Uh, a listing of some of the classic wrestlers. And I don't know if you ever used to watch wrestling when you were a kid or anything. Oh, yeah. But uh, good old Harley Race is actually going to be finally in one of these games. Oh, no, I'm not familiar with Harley, but. Oh, he's a Kansas I mean, City legend. I, I, think I, pre, I think I predate Harley. I'm like rapid <laughs> Ricky Romero. I'm, oh, I'm like wow. way, way, way <laughs> early. Tree Hulk Hogan, I was a wrestling wow. fan. Wow. So. Well, yeah. I wasn't around that time. I wasn't born until yeah. 77. So. <laughs> but Harley Race is actually, you know, a local guy for me in Kansas City. And he used to wrestle before he became part of the WWE. He would wrestle around here. Ah. He actually had a wrestling school in the area uh, wow. before he passed away. And so having Harley Race in the game, we're pretty excited about that. Uh, also, we found out, like, the, the Steiner Brothers, the classic version of the Steiner Brothers, back from the old NWA WCW days. Uh, Before they kind of went, you know, very different. And Scott Snyder became Big Papa Pump because he really got stacked. (laughs) My goodness. Uh, Hello, Roid Rage. Um, (laughs) I don't know for sure that he was on steroids, but I mean, he got huge. Uh, and wow. it still is. And I hope if he hears this, he doesn't get mad at me because I think he's still pretty huge and he'd probably cross squash my head like a grape. And I'd rather not that happen. <laughs> so. But, yeah, they've announced a lot of classic wrestlers, and, uh, of course, we've even found already Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Andre the Giant. You're getting at least some of the best ones, and uh, I like that they still have a creative wrestler because I'm going to have to create Hacksaw Jim Duggan once again because they still have not put him in again. And I I love Hacksaw to death because, especially when I got to meet him, he's just as much fun as in person as he was back in the day because he's just such a big personality and has a great sense of humor. Uh, but that is coming March 14th. I have not put in my pre-order on it because I'm saving my money for Planet Comic Con, which, by the way, did you all remember? March 17th and 19th. I will actually be there on the 18th. I found out they did to give me a three-day pass, even though I'm only doing a panel on two different days. But in the evening on that Friday, we will be discussing Walt Disney's time in Kansas City. I have special guests coming down from the Marceline Museum uh, to talk about it. And also on Sunday in the afternoon, so get out of church and hustle, uh, we'll be talking about... Walt Disney's the the impact that that Marceline had on Walt Disney, while of course the Kansas City is what impact Walt Disney had on various artists here in Kansas City that went off to do amazing things. So yes, you definitely do not want to meet uh, miss either one of those. You do want to meet me, uh, but 
Yeah, in case you haven't already, and you know, I haven't got a chance to disappoint you yet. Uh, so I'm saving uh, my money for the convention because I plan on buying a bunch of toys because uh, I don't have enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So the next thing I have on my list, though, for news now, I did find a uh, a new video, a new trailer for the upcoming Legend of Zelda game. Uh, Oh, I forgot what it's called. It's the sequel to Breath of the Wild. This is like Tears of something. I'm going to have to look it up. Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, the audio is mainly music, but there's actually a couple of lines of dialogue, so we don't get a whole lot of information. But this is upcoming, and I'm just going to let everybody know that it exists, and I will not actually be playing the audio for you like I normally would because it's. I don't think you're going to get much out of it uh, auditorially. Is that the right word? I'm, I'm inventing stuff. I can sure. make up words. <laughs> yeah. Auditorially is fine. Yeah, because I, I, I think that's the right word. I don't know. Audibly? I don't know. Anyways, but we're going to move, keep on trucking here into the trailer park. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Get him, Mama. Get that gator. The Neverland Trailer Park. Now, this is probably where it would be more beneficial if I had it to where you could see my screen. Hopefully, you'll be able to hear the audio of this. Welcome home. I know this place isn't as warm as I'd hoped. But I'm going to light a vanilla candle, and it's going to be a game changer. Will it, though? We're out. This mansion is unhinged. She needs all the help she can get. You want to be a hero? Pass. Two thousand dollars. What's the address? I'm gonna move into a house without windows. So I won't see you walking by. Guys! Little help! With your new donut just saw This house has a way of playing tricks on you. God. Is anybody else seeing this? Yeah, I'm seeing it. Be careful. Death lurks around every corner. Other more powerful entities may come through. Not on our watch. Well, what are you going to do? Seriously. Yeah. They're already dead. Yeah. They're going to be deader. Okay. Okay, let's see what the description they give us here. Look alive, foolish mortals. We're dying to you to view our teaser trailer. Well, we just did. Uh, or listen to it, for those of you listening. And a poster for Disney's comically creepy adventure, Haunted Mansion, which will appear in theaters on July 28th. This is directed by award-winning filmmaker Justin Simeon. This has got an all-star cast, really. you got Lakeith Stanfield. I'm not sure who that is. Tiffany Haddish, I've heard of. Owen Wilson, gotta love him. Danny DeVito, come on, folks. Rosario Dawson, and let me get this photo. Chase W. Dillon with Dan Levy, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Jared Leto as the Hatbox Ghost. Now, this, of course, is the second attempt they've had at making making a Haunted Mansion film. I think the Eddie Murphy one was called... The Haunted Mansion, so now we take the the away. We were promised for years that Guillermo del Toro was interested in a project like this. Didn't happen, so now we've gotten this. And I, I'm hoping maybe this time, what went wrong with the, the Eddie Murphy is it was too silly without enough 
scares because the ride is like that balance of, of creators that were like, I want to make it scary, but I need to make it funny. And they they worked a balance out. And hopefully this time they've got a bit more of a balance. So even though we're not really a Disney show anymore, I'm I, this is still my favorite attraction at the park. Uh, it's just fun. I like something. I like a good mystery and something to to half scare me. So <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. I'm yep, kind yep, of excited yep. about this. It's like, yeah, all right, this might be fun. Uh, so uh, I, I have high hopes for it that it, I might actually have a good time in the theater. Yeah, I think it, it looks uh, I just I was watching it on the screen here. It looks really fun. Um, I, it's one of my favorite attractions in the park too. I, I really like it, and I always liked uh, the idea behind it too. The the, the technology behind it mm-hmm. uh, that the, that the, the Imagineers were able to come up with just to make the whole thing. Even after all this, even after all these years, um, you know, it was it was it was so cutting edge when it first came out. And then because I remember, I was I I remember very vividly when they first came out with it. And then, but even after all these years, uh, you know, there, there's still some really good things in it. You know how it all works. Everybody knows how it all works, but still, it's like, wow, this is really fun. This is really, really. It's still, it's so much fun. To just go through the, go through the ride itself. Right. And uh, and and that's what's that's what's really that's what's really amazing. I still love the wistfulness and the mysteriousness of that last as you're going up that little escalator kind of thing, and that girl was going, goodbye, Hurry come back, back in, hurry back. Yeah. And you go, oh, man, this is... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's such a fun ride. I really love the ride, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the movie. Yeah. I actually think I'm going to go to the theater for that one, which has been a while since I went to the theater for a Disney film. Yeah. So The reason why I really like it on this one, I think, is because it, it, it keeps so much of the, of the, of the, the feel of the, of the ride yeah. in the movie. You know, you're looking at the you know, the hallways and the painting stretching and all those mm-hmm. kinds of things, and you're seeing all that stuff, and it's like, oh, this is this that's really good. I'm glad they they're keeping that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and so, so, but it'll be interesting to see what they've done with the story. Now, that's that's usually where they kind of fall apart on these things. Is the you know the, they have the they have the ride, they have all that sort of stuff. They try to keep all that stuff in there. It's like Jungle Cruise. The story kind of falls apart a little bit. So, well, but Jungle we'll Cruise was happens. a lot of fun, though. It was it was it was a ride. It's just it's, it's just, just excitement. silly and campy, and <laughs> yeah. it makes perfect sense to do what they did with it. Yep. It makes perfect perfect sense to do what they did with it. I mean, it's it's an adventure. What else? What else is the Jungle Cruise been an adventure? <laughs> right. We'll see what. We'll see what happens with this. You know, I mean, I, I think Pirates of the Caribbean was was fun. Yeah. Um, the the first one was a lot of fun, and, and so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with this one. Yeah. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. It's like, you know, this, yeah. Especially the more yeah. I've watched this trailer, like, you know, this just looks like it's going to be a good time. Yeah. So yeah. I and that's why I go to the theaters. I don't like I usually go to get educated or whatever. But you know, last couple uh-huh. movies I've been to has been the Jesus Revolution and Left Behind. So it's uh, about time I well, went to go just watch something that's just fun. So, sure. <laughs> All right, next thing on the list. Now, I, I normally I would play the audio for this, but Disney apparently has been going copyright after anyone reacting to the trailer for Peter Pan and Wendy, mm. which here here's the thing. Uh, this became the Wendy movie <laughs> from the look of this. We're very uh-huh. focused on Wendy where she's not behaving like the character we know. Now, my my, my big issue with the remake, tra- remake train, remake train, is it's like I call, I've called it the apology tour because, you know, Walt didn't have our modern values and we're apparently so much more evolved now. And so sure. we have to modernize into that. And so, you know, they, you know, they'll go through and they race swap thinking, hey, look, we've done this wonderful thing for these people. Although I've had some people of color that I've seen videos of that like, yeah, we didn't ask for that either. Although there are some people excited about it. But I the, 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 the what is interesting is we also are in the some society where we had. Oh, within the last few years, we had that Ghost in the Shell movie where everybody was kind of upset about, well, hey, man, this is a Japanese story. It's in Japan. Why are we casting white people in it? 
But so, but we can have a, another story that's in Denmark, and yeah. we can just swap whatever colors we want. You know, yeah. it's like we're not. It, it depends upon like if you put a white person in place where the person wasn't shouldn't be white, then they then okay, it's okay to be upset. But if they swap out where anything else where it doesn't make sense. I guess we're not supposed to say anything. There's, there's, there's not, there's not any consistency in any yeah. of this. So the, the consistency flew out the window a long yeah. time ago with all of this stuff, and that's that's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's about chaos. It's not yeah. about, it's not about making sense. It's about chaos. It's not about being able to find. Hey, we can find a better way to tell the story. It's like, oh no, we need to make sure we're more diverse. But what what story, what I've pointed story, out, story was one of the first things that that left. I mean, yeah, that that, that 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 doesn't matter at all. It's it's what what. What can we? What else can we do here? How can we do all? How can we do all of this? Uh, I yeah. that this is this is stuff that we uh, creators face all the time. It's the mm-hmm. pressure that creators face are facing now. That's exactly what's going on in all venues and everywhere we go. So but, that's that's something we have to deal with and weather through and know what you believe. Yeah, and know the, what you the, believe. the narrative is alive and well because and this is something I was pointing out to somebody on Facebook discussing this. If you take a look. And I don't mind, like, the Lost Boys is great. They should all be divorced in different colors because they could get lost from anywhere. Sure, that sure. makes sense. We saw that in yeah. Hook, and I'm one of the rare people who love the movie Hook with Robin Williams. I think it's great. Right. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and too. I love having a, a bigger group of Lost Boys from all over the place. But I noticed the pirates, when we get a good look at them, they're all old white men. Because apparently <laughs> old white men are the cause of all the problems of the world. That well, is the current narrative. Well, I mean, but, I mean, that makes sense in the, in the context of that movie as yeah. well. Because what is what is... What is Maggie Smith, old, uh, you know, what what is old Wendy yeah. say to Peter? You become a pirate, Peter. <laughs> right. You, you know, because that's what he is. He's a corporate pirate. Well, it makes perfect sense because all of those guys are, are representative. Basically, yeah. that's what they're. That's what the. That's what the symbolism is. All of those guys are representative of what what who was running businesses at that point. What, what are they? Well, they're all pirates. They're all pirating each yeah. other's businesses. Yeah, so but that, even I mean, in Hook, though, makes perfect the, sense, but. Even yeah. in Hook, though, there were pirates of different colors. There was even sure. Glenn Close as yeah. a pirate. <laughs> For yeah. anyone who wants that little bit of trivia, she's the pirate that gets put in the boo box. But <laughs> we had we had diverse and Lost Boys in Hook. We had diverse pirates in, in, in Hook. But now we David, see this new live David action. David Crosby was one of those, too. David Crosby was one of those. <laughs> That's right. Hook. Yeah. Yeah. With his big beard and mustache and all. Big, big, huge mustache. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this new iteration, the Lost Boys are diverse, but the pirates are not. Uh, well, that's you know, the narrative. That's, you know. that's the that's the new that's the new go to. Yep, that's the new go to. Go to is it? That's it. The other go to is to kick J.M. Barry's words in the teeth. Where and I frequently said on this show, girls are too clever; they don't get lost. That's actually from the book. <laughs> but we now have the lost them's. Because and they even try to throw it in our face when Wendy asks, "Lost Boys, how come you two are girls?" Oh, well, you got a problem with that? We actually get that. I'm like, really? Ah, eh, well, ah, eh, well, you know, that's the thing. We just we we just, we, need, we need a better culture. Yeah. <laughs> so know, we need we need a new culture. So that's what we got. That's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to create a new culture. So this is going straight to Disney Plus because they knew it would tank in the theater. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, so because they've got, been getting backlash. See, I mean, that, yeah, that's kind of interesting. But that's kind of interesting, just from a technological and from a business standpoint. Let's create our own streaming service, so that way we have a place to put all of these things. Yeah, um, we we can go directly to them because it used to be people people vote with their dollars, and now they don't have to vote with their dollars anymore. Now we can just we can stick this stuff wherever we want yeah. to because we have a streaming service, and, and chances are you're not going to get rid of the streaming service if they, you know will. We'll take we'll do we'll do the metric now saying how many how many how many subscribers are we going to lose because we put this in here? Well, that 
uh, you know, balance that against how many new subscribers that we get all the time because they like the old stuff. And so, yeah. uh, well, it's good. We're, we're still good. We're yeah. still going to, we're still going to do it. It's still fine. And I still don't think they've fulfilled what I thought the promise of Disney plus would be. I wanted every Mickey mouse cartoon ever. Oh, me too. Me too. Didn't get me it. Me too. In fact, I wanted I wanted not only the Mickey Mouse cartoons. I wanted uh, I wanted all the old stuff from Disney, mm-hmm. all the old films that they used to make. I wanted the Scarecrow. Yeah, where, where's Scarecrow? I, I want that. I want that series. I want I want all of those things that I remember when I was a kid, uh, loving. I want I want every episode of the Wonderful World of Disney mm-hmm. that I used to watch on Saturday night. I want all of them. I want all of them. You know, Sunday night, uh, Sunday night. I I I, I want to see those things. I want every animal documentary that they yeah. I want all of those things. Those are so they were so good, and they just gave you a great feel. You know, it was just it, was just, it made you feel like, oh man, that's. There, there really is a great, wonderful world out there. That it mm-hmm. lived up to its title really, really well. And I, I wanted all those, but they haven't. They've only released yeah. a very, very small, yeah. small amount of those. And that's too bad. And I, I don't mind that they're making new content for it, but you know what? That old content still, still holds a place the in old, my heart. The old content is what was what draw what drew us to it in the first yep. place. The old content is because of the way it made us feel. And what's really interesting about that is that the last time I went to Disneyland, I haven't gone in a long, long time. I haven't gone in years and years and years. But uh, the last time I went, uh, we went with a bunch of folks and we decided, let's go over to Tom Sawyer Island. We hadn't been there. I hadn't been there since I was a kid. And I thought, I thought, well, they're going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to PC this place up like crazy. <laughs> but they hadn't, they hadn't done it yet. They have, I don't know what they've done since, but they hadn't. Mm. And then, and I thought, nobody's going to be here. And they, you've got all these other attractions. You've got all this new stuff, all these new Star Wars land and opened up in and all the, you know, everything had opened up by that time. I thought that nobody's going to be over here. No, it was packed and it was packed with kids. Oh, and it good. was kids using their imaginations, ah. totally using their imaginations. And it's like, wow, look at this. This is, this is what they, this is what this is supposed to be. This is exactly what it's supposed to be. Instead mm-hmm. of telling us, instead of, instead of imagining for us and we're just experiencing somebody else's imagination, bring them over here and let them imagine stuff for themselves, which is exactly what they were doing, running around, having fun, doing stuff that Tom Sawyer would have done. I mean, going, (laughs) you know, you go into the fort and this is what I find to be mind blowingly amazing, especially in this day and age. They have all those rifles up there in the fort and and those rifles, they're all planted down, but you're supposed to be defending the fort against the enemies, right? Mm Mm-hmm. They haven't changed really anything the last time I was there, at least. Maybe they've changed it since then. Those rifles are all pointed toward people walking in New Orleans Square. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're all pointed right at the, Those are the people that you're aiming at when you're aiming the rifles. Those people pointed at like, Well, that's where the pirates have, are, how though. They have not, I know. I know. That's the thing. How have they not? I, I hope that they don't. I hope they never, ever <laughs> change that. But it's just it's just astounding. I'm like, wow, how can they how can this still be going on oh, this, wow. in this day and age? <laughs> uh, but it's it's great. It, it was it was so much it was so much fun to go over there because the energy on that on that island uh, outclassed the energy everywhere else in the park by a factor of ten. It was just it was just so much energy and so much excitement, so much enthusiasm for kids playing. Yes. You know? That's the thing. It was just a bunch of kids playing and using their imaginations. And that's exactly what Walt wanted. I mean, mm-hmm. he really, he really wanted that to happen. He didn't want, he didn't want all of this stuff to take over imagination. He wanted to, to enhance imagination. But now we've got a lot of things that just take it over, yeah. and, uh, and kids are, you know, they don't let them use the imagination, which is sad. Yeah, they'd make John Avery Whitaker proud. Ah, yes. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next one. This I am super excited for this movie. Listen to me, George. 
better punch like I've never seen. But in every battle, the greatest foe that we will combat isn't here. Live one way your whole life. Heavenly Father, thank you for this food. George should change his name from poor man to poor man. <laughs> to hurt. There goes Frazier! What's my name now, fool? Foreman is the new heavyweight champion of the world. Where's all that rage coming from? don't have any rage. And it becomes all you know. Let's thank God for the food, y'all. I bought the food, mama. George Foreman ain't no new champ. He is the new chump. We gonna get it on because we don't get along. Foreman goes down! Who said that? Nobody said nothing, George. George, 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 George. Your heart stopped. We thought he was dead. I was. I'm done. I'm not going to box anymore. Do you know what you're walking away from, son? I want to spread the word of God and what I saw. How's being a preacher going for you? It's hard. Harder than getting punched in the face. Sometimes it feels about the same. Hey, fella. Come on and enjoy yourself. Power Company said we never paid the bill. Really? There's only two things I know how to do. That's box and preach. And preacher won't pay the bills. You made me something once, Doc. You can do it again. It is my destiny to win the heavyweight championship belt again. Last time they saw me, I looked like Superman. So now you look like the Michelin man. This ain't no beauty contest. Michael Moore is 26 and unstoppable. How can you beat that man? Foreman is considered an old man in this young man's game. Mr. Foreman, that funny little grill deal you signed is starting to generate some substantial checks. Really? Now I'm just surprised it shows a big old fat guy like me to sell a deal to help people get lean. (laughs) (laughs) Coming to April 28th, and it's kind of a long title, but I think... The, the short form is just Big George Foreman. They've got this subtitle here, which just left my screen. Uh, but this, it, it's the George Foreman story, which uh, I, the the change you see in him uh, as a young man and really not getting into his family's faith to when he goes down from Muhammad Ali, which they got a good actor from Muhammad Ali. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but seeing how his life changed... Uh, I mean, it's. It looks like this is going to be very, very inspirational, and I don't know who who does not love George Foreman. He's I just know. such a great personality. Yeah, totally. So totally. this completely. I'm, how can I'm you excited. not love a man? How can you not love a man who named all of his kids George? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's just the great that's just so much fun yeah like okay it's just the way it works. that's the way it works that's the yeah. way it works and then, yeah the george foreman grill that's that's another thing just, <laughs> i think that's what most people these days kind of do it yep. for was that that sort of thing and everybody was like oh he was a boxer too oh yeah, yeah man. oh I, yeah i remember i remember that i remember that whole rivalry between him and ali very very well and it was uh it was a it was a big deal everybody i think was there were, there were people you were you were in two camps with Ali, you either loved Ali, or you hated Ali, and if you hated Ali, you wanted everybody that he took on to beat him. 
but Ollie was just too good. He yeah. Was, he was really, really good. And, um, and, and it's, it's only much, much later in his life that everybody started appreciating just how good of a boxer he really was. Cause he was so verbal with everything that he did. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, can't somebody just shut this guy up? You know, and everybody <laughs> was hoping that Foreman would do it, but that didn't happen. But, um, but it was, it, you know, he's, yeah, you're right. He's just a big lovable guy. Yep. George Foreman was just a big lovable guy. And, uh, you, 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 at one point you just kind of wish the best for him, no matter what, just, yeah. you know, just wish the best for him. He's, he's, he's a great lovable guy and, and wow, what a tank. I mean, the guy yeah. is just a tank. He just came back and, and like I said, this is not a beauty contest. I don't have to look good. I just have to box. <laughs> right. and I just have to box. Well, I just, you know, nobody's going to care what I look like if I punch the guy out. I don't know, nobody, and he's right. He was mm-hmm. absolutely right. So. It's a movie I didn't know I needed until I saw yeah. it was a coming. I was like, <gasps> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've been telling so people before I got to see the trailer. Like, this is what's interesting, though. We're getting these kinds of films now. Yeah. We're getting these kinds of things where people go through profound life changes. Yeah, and and uh, and, and and come out on the other end with a different set of values. And yeah. Hollywood used to do this really, really well. Alvin York, I mean, the Sergeant mm. York was a perfect example Good of stuff. that. And, 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 and now we're seeing this stuff kind of make a resurgence. And, and why? Why? Well, it's because people are wander, they're wandering. They're lost. They're like, we, we've got to find meaning somewhere. Where, where's the meaning coming from in our lives? And, and, uh, and, and, and this, this, this sort of thing is what's going to happen. I mean, that's you're going to talk about it in a minute. We talk about yeah. the Jesus Revolution. That's exactly <laughs> yes. the kind of thing that everybody's looking at going, what? What's going What? What? Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah, just yeah, you're you're already giving the message of the Jesus Revolution. But I got one more trailer that just dropped today that I have to bring up. All right. Can I kick it? Oh, I should have timed it a little bit better. like my head. Just stop talking. You're ruining my concentration. You're fine. Chill. He's gonna die. Ah! Did you hear that? What was that? Well, nothing we can do. You guys want to grab pizza? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? What the heck are those things? Those are like little Shreks to me. Oh, we've prepared our whole lives for this. Can I kick it? Oh my god! Oh my, I'm gonna be sick. Leo, what happened? Oh Is Donnie it's bleeding? Still it was an accident. Mikey, watch out! So, you were baby turtles who made contact with mystery goo. Well, we prefer the term ooze, but yeah. It's like more like, it's just nicer. It, it, it so. rolls it's off the tongue cool. better, yeah. Ooze. Ooze. It's nice, right? Ooze. It's ooze. All right, so coming in August, it's the fourth attempt at a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle series. And the one thing I got to say against this is Seth Rogen has been the one behind this. Mr. Sausage Party himself, uh, the stoner style that he is. I don't have any faith in him being able to make a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that I'm going to like. 
Uh, I, there have been people appreciating this. Like, oh, look, they actually sound and look like teenagers. Like, well, I, I can appreciate that, but... And, and it's, it's a unique art style, which is kind of cool. It's some of this new anim- animation we've seen out of Sony here with the, the uh, Spider-Man Across the Multiverse, or the Spider-Verse. But I, with Seth Rogen behind this thing, I'm like, Ugh, I'm prepared to cringe. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be, oh, it's edgy. Let's do edgy stuff. Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. I, I, it, first of all, the Teenage Mutant, Mutant Ninja Turtle franchise has always been a, 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 a it's, it's always been something I've been amazed at. Because I always thought, right from the get-go, that this thing was just a fluke. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just thought, you know, they, there were guys in the in the in the room who were what what kind of a what kind of a show can we come up with? Uh, let's do a show. I don't know. What have we done? Turtles. Oh, that sounds good. Turtles. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they're mutants. And and what do kids like? Oh, they like martial arts, kung fu. Let's make them kung fu star. You know. And I'm thinking, really seriously, this is <laughs> this is what they came up with. And I always thought this is just a flash in the pan sort of thing. But it became so good and so big. And, and and in no small part because of, of some of the writing that was on it, the writing staff that was on it, but also because of the original voices. Yeah. Okay. And and then I understand, you know, then it was only years later that I realized, oh my oh my goodness, I know <laughs> I've worked with all these guys. You know? <laughs> Townsend Coleman, he was one of the originals, and, yep. and 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 Rob Polson. And and then years later I was teaching at Cal State Los Angeles, and one of the guys who came in and started teaching was Barry Gordon. I'm like, oh, what? Goodness. What's going on? I'm, I, I know all of these guys now. I know everybody. <laughs> So it, yeah, it just got it got to to be uh, to be strange uh, as far as that was concerned. But they were so good and so good at, at the voices and so and the writing was very very funny. Um, you know, they would deliver the line so well, and these guys were so so good at it that uh, that 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 it became a phenomenon. I my my son, you know, when this first of all, while this stuff came out years you know, years ago, mm-hmm. he wasn't even old enough to talk. He was barely old enough to talk. He would call them the T.J. Muja Ninja Turtles. Uh. <laughs> That's how. That's all he could say. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What do you want to watch today? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, we're going to watch the Teenage Mutant mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles. But but uh, uh, and he and he loved them, and they were just they were just great. And and so when you start watching them, you realize, okay, there's a lot more going on here than we thought. I yeah. mean, there, there's a lot more. They, they put a lot more, a lot of subtext into it, and 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 uh, and, it, and it became just this this great thing, and then revived and revived and revived, mm-hmm. and it's just living on. It's just it's just living on. So yeah, and Kevin Eastman, uh, I believe, was actually still writing some of the. Comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> Which it's pretty, it's pretty amazing stuff. Pretty he'll be at Planet stuff. Comic Con, by the way. I mentioned before that I will be there, but Kevin Eastman's going to be there. I think I'm going to yeah. have to bring something, have him sign it because I mean, yeah, I wish Peter Laird was still part of it. Uh, I, yeah. I guess he sold all his his shares of everything. He sold all his, all his stuff, turtles. So yeah. he's got nothing. But I appreciate that in this movie, you see, like there's a rooftop that is layered or something. So they're still acknowledging Peter Laird's involvement in the yeah. creation of the turtles. So that's always fun. It's that's always, always fun. nice, you know. To have that little yeah. pat, so. Yeah. But I'm kind of looking forward but, to meeting Kevin Eastman because know, I grew I, up with I, that cartoon. Here's here's you know this is another example of uh, we talked about it before before the show started with of, of taking stars, whoever the latest star is, and putting them mm-hmm. in the film. But you know doing the doing the stuff that even those guys who I mean those guys who created those vocal characterizations should should be a part of this in some yeah. way. And they're not. And it's it's too bad. It's too bad. I think it's just sad. Well, you know, speaking on video games, I think that's one of the big selling points for that. Uh, oh, golly. Oh, Shredder's Revenge game that they put out. Uh, I guess it was just yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. They went and they got all the original voices of the, at least the Turtles yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All, that just made the game for me. Having them back. I mean, because they're, they're the voices I grew up with. And even some, I, I've sure. actually had Townsend on the show a couple of times. It's just so much yeah. fun talking to them. Uh, yeah. 
and reliving, yeah. especially finding out that he almost was Leonardo, which his voice would have been a good <laughs> Leonardo. So I could have I seen that. Rob, I find Rob Paulson amazing because, you know, he was one turtle and then in the recasting, yeah. he was another turtle. And it's like, and the performance wow. is so different and nuanced. It's I like, know, that's amazing. He's, he's, he's just brilliant. Rob. <laughs> he's just a brilliant guy. Yep. I've gotten Brothers to meet him once, but never get to him on the show. But I've got to meet uh, him and talk to him before. That was he, He's an awesome guy, too. He's he's so friendly, and he's mm-hmm. so good. He has such a great story about with his cancer and how he overcame it mm-hmm. and all the stuff that went on with it. It's just, he's he's just a, a wonderful man. He really is a wonderful guy. Yep. So that's that's something after I'm done trying to get as many Odyssey people on there, I needed to go to to see how many turtles I can get on, but it's hard to get <laughs> them all. I have found Renee Jacobs, the original voice of April. I found her on Facebook. I'm like, oh, oh maybe. Good. Oh, Excellent. and speaking of people I'm trying to get on, uh, I actually ended up in a conversation with Mark Christopher Lawrence because uh, mm. I'm a fan of his mainly from Chuck. And then I realized, oh, my gosh, he was uh, – I, I forgot his name, but the Washington. In Washington, Ed Washington. Ed yeah. Washington. Uh, and uh, he shared on Facebook some pictures of some different projects. And I said, oh, I don't, do you have any pictures of Odyssey? And I actually started talking to me. I says, actually, yeah. unfortunately, I don't. And I says, well, I'm going to have Phil Lawler back on here pretty soon. I'll put in a word. It's like, hey, we need to have the Washingtons. And he did let me know yeah. that the, the lady who played Mrs. Washington has passed away. He says, but we can yeah. only have the toy man back. I'm like, I will let him know. So I, I, I put him in an episode. He was the last episode. One of the episodes that I wrote was was featured him. That was the last appearance he had made on Odyssey. We got to get him back. We yeah. Get him back. He's such a good actor. He He's is. such a very nice, a very nice man. And he's funny too. His stand-up is yeah. great. I taught, you know, I taught at Azusa Pacific University before I moved here to Arizona. I taught, I taught at Azusa Pacific, and he, uh, they premiered a play. I, I was walking down the hallway. They have a posters of all the plays that they've done in the in the theater, the main theater there, and he was in one of the big premiere productions about that. I, I, said, I'm like, oh goodness gracious, there is this picture. It's right there. It's the main <laughs> picture. I, I don't know when this was. It was like three or four years ago, but. Uh, I, the next time I see him, I got to talk to him about mm-hmm. that. But uh, I never got a chance to talk to him. But the next time I see him, I'll I'll talk to him yep. about it. See what happens. Yep. And I did drop an invitation in the conversation there. I was <laughs> like, oh, hey, you know, you are welcome anytime you want to come on. We'll have a great yep. old time talking to him. Cause, yeah. Especially because I loved the series Chuck. That is my favorite t- TV show. And him as Big so Mike just, just made it. Uh, <laughs> he was so great. That was, mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Well, and it's now it's time for the last sound button that I actually have. Oh, Want to see a movie? Yeah. Any good? It was bad. I'm fuzzy on the whole good bad thing. My eyeballs could have been sucked from their sockets. I like it a lot. The best movie ever made. A, a fandom a nexus, nexus movie review. All right. So th- what's fun about how the the show has changed is instead of just reviewing what the, what the geeky type of movie that may have come out, I actually get to talk about Jesus Revolution, which is <laughs> the way my show used to be. We didn't get to talk about that thing, but we've kind of pulled the lever. And it's like, you know what? We're going to talk about all this type of things. And this this movie was never was going to hit number one. It was, I believe, number three last week behind of yeah. Cocaine Bear, I wish hadn't been a big thing because that, oh, my gosh, mm. that looks like it. Ooh. Uh, and it's it's still hanging in there. It is still, I think when I, I was looking it up, and it's still hanging down down about number three. It still did significantly well, and I did appreciate that the second time I went it when I brought Philip along with me, we still had a packed theater in there. Uh, and this For a, a, a faith-based movie to do as well as it is, that, is, that, that warms my heart. Uh, yeah. Warms my heart almost as much as the film itself did. Uh, these... Uh, the people who behind this were the same ones that they did stuff like they, I Can Only Imagine, which I didn't see that one. I probably need yeah. to. I'm, I'm not really a big fan of that group, but I bet it was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also did, uh, was it last year or the year before, they did the, the Kurt Warner movie, American Underdog. Uh, right. Which, oh, yeah. wow, that was 
Oof, good stuff. Just mm. they're, they're just good movies, and they're inspiring, and they're real stories with real struggles. But you see people overcome the struggles and beat the odds. It makes you feel good to see people, and it gives you hope. And this, I mean, this is different. This is now, you know, it's almost like the autobiography of of Greg Laurie for anyone who's familiar with him or has ever. Uh, I think he does have some TV program. I know you can watch him on YouTube, or I used to listen yeah. to him on the radio. Uh, yeah. uh, we'll listen to him preach. He's a pastor at uh, Harvest Church. He also has Harvest Crusades that he's been doing since the 90s, uh, where he's, because it's funny, I've gotten to see him talking where he, he really felt like he was going to be an evangelist, and he really wanted to be an evangelist, and he mentions the difference between evangelism and being a pastor is evangelist is worried about diving and getting into the culture, as you see Paul, St. Paul does, you know, when he talks about the unknown God. He'd, he'd find a way to get inside the culture to get you under, under, to understand something. Uh, and then, of course, there's Bible teaching, which is where we get all the details. And uh, right. and so he didn't expect himself to become a pastor until, uh, and it's something we do see by the end of this film, uh, Pastor Chuck Smith does help him get into a church. Yeah. Now, the, the movie presents it as if Chuck Smith just gave him a church. And Greg Laurie says, no, he didn't give me the church, but he did help us get the down payment, and we paid him back. Uh, right. But he had said he didn't expect to be an evangelist. He 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 didn't expect to be a preacher. And then, but as he started just preaching, he realized, wow, this is what God really wanted me to do. But he still, with his Harvest Crusades, has that heart of an evangelist, and so he's able sure. to do both. And so we're really yeah. kind of getting a lot of his story and his testimony uh, about this. And it ha- takes place at a significant time in history where Time Magazine just years before had asked the question, "Is God dead?" Yeah. And now we get to see this entire series of events where a reporter from Time Magazine is actually kind of a regular pop-up uh, in the character, uh, in, in the film, this character, uh, who eventually writes the story calling this the Jesus Revolution, which is more commonly known as the Jesus Movement. And this is the beginning of, of um, CCM now, like, oh, oh, dang it, contemporary Christian music. and. Right. Even after watching this film, I went through and I started, uh, I found on YouTube like a collection of like what was the top Christian hits throughout the 70s. And I realized a lot of these songs I knew from singing them in church. And I'm not just talking Bill Gaither here. I mean, Bill Gaither pretty much wrote the Baptist hymnal. Oh, my gosh. But uh, <laughs> but other songs that we had sung that I was like, oh, my goodness, these are songs that meant so much. And I didn't realize these were a lot of people who had been been maybe druggies or hippies or whatever. And one of the the opening theme things that uh, we, we we meet the character played by uh, by uh, Jonathan Kumi, who is currently mm-hmm. playing Jesus in the Chosen, but he's Ruby, plays Ruby. Kumi. Did I say Ru- it right? I think it's Ru- I thought it was Ruby. I thought is it Rumi? Let me Ru- look him up again it's, here. It's, it's on Ru- my page. Yeah, it is Rumi. Why was I thinking yeah. Kumi? I probably know a Kumi, but yeah, Jonathan <laughs> Rumi as Lonnie Frisbee. A real guy who was uh, a, a he was kind of a new Christian. You could sense the, that newness was there, but he just wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. And he meets yeah. Pastor Chuck Smith, who's got a dying church, who sees you know there's definitely were problems amongst the hippies, like there was drugs and all this other stuff going on. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. so here's Lonnie saying like these are people that are looking for all the right things in all the wrong places. They just yeah. need a shepherd to open up the door of a church and let them meet the good shepherd. And when Chuck Smith just steps out on faith, it's like, you know what, let's invite some of these, you know, Christians in there and start Bible teaching. And he had Lonnie start, you know, sharing the gospel on Wednesdays, and Pastor Chuck would would do the teaching on Sunday mornings, and it just it started something. And it's it really kind of makes you look at our modern world. Who is it right now that right. we think maybe most of the church was like, Well, I don't think they need to come in here. But no, they need to be in here. Yeah. They're looking for identity and all this stuff in all the wrong places, just as sure. the hippie movement did. 
Sure. Uh, and so yeah, those are the people it, we need to come in. It's always fascinating to me to, to see how the cycles of history. So I've lived mm -hmm. long enough now to see this cycle again, the cycle repeat itself. Because I was there. I was I was old enough to, to uh, I, I remember the Jesus Revolution very vividly. I remember a whole bunch of stuff happening. I remember the reticence of uh, church members to have this stuff happen. They don't know, you know, that, that, that was, that was at a point where, uh, um, the church was retreating from the culture. Mm. Okay. It was right after the church was retreating from the culture that the, the church had been very prominent in the culture throughout the twenties, the thirties, the forties, even the fifties, uh, and even the early sixties. Uh, you had Bishop Fulton Sheen on television. You had his, you know, regular, regular things happening on television. The church was a, a, a regular part of the culture itself. And then they got knocked down. Something happened. Something, something, uh, we, we don't have to go into all that, all, all of that, but bad, <laughs> the 60s. bad things started. To, <laughs> and, and that's exactly what it was. It was a counterculture revolution. Right. And, 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 uh, and, and that was, that was a true revolution. It was a counterculture revolution. And and the and the, rather than try to figure out how how to make it work, the church said, "Okay, then we're just going to retreat from the culture. Period. We're just going to we're just going to give you an our little enclave over here and wait this out. Basically, we're just we're just going to wait this out." The Catholic Church definitely just kind of said, "We're just going to wait it out." The Protestant Church just said, "We're going to divorce ourselves from all of it." And of course, you know, a lot of churches started getting smaller and smaller and smaller and. Um, uh, because people that they weren't replenishing a church, a church lives because of the young people that have mm -hmm. kids and young people come in. And of course the young people at that point were tuned in, turn on, drop out. They were, they were all, all of that whole, that whole thing that's going on. Now I have to say, I haven't seen this film. And the reason why I haven't seen this film is because I had such bad memories of that time mm. period. I just had, I had horrible memories of that time period and just what was going on in that time period and the mistrust that was happening in that time period and how the blending of stuff that I really disliked in the, in the counterculture movement, how they were trying to blend that with the Christian, with Christianity and, and say that that's, you know, basically what was going on. And, and I have to say that some of that still is carried with us today. Um, uh, when, when Jesus is looked at as, you know, kind of a hippie, a flower mm -hmm. power yeah. kind of hippie kind of person and, and, and whatnot. And he's just really just to, you know, he wasn't doing anything but being nice to people and they killed him for it. Well, that's not really true. Right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not really accurate. That's not really a re an accurate rendering of, of the scripture at all. But, but on the other hand, I'm looking at it saying, okay, but look at what, look at what some of the outcome of this has been over the past, you know, over the past 40 years, 40, 50 years, this is still now. Uh, a st still a, a big part of the culture. It's a big, it, that, that, uh, that did revolutionize basically how churches were, were done. Some of it good, some of it not so good. Yep. So, you know, say both, there's both, both ways of looking at that too. Uh, some of it very, very good. Some of it still like not so good, you know, um, uh, there, there are things that came out of the movement that I don't really particularly like uh, that, that it really has infiltrated churches. But then there were things that came out of the movement that were great. They were mm -hmm. really wonderful and, 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 and supportive. And so you, you have to kind of find the good in it. You have right. to kind of find that, you know, and looking back on it now, again, like I said, I, I had such bad memories of it. I, I really do need to see the film uh, before I make any kind of judgment right. on it as far as that's concerned. But 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 just but just it just brought up all sorts of uh, I, I lived through it. I don't want to have to live through it again. I I could not wait uh, th to give you an idea of this. I could not wait for the 60s to be over, the 60s and 70s to be over. I just I couldn't wait. Just can we get through 
this, please, and just get on the <laughs> other side of this. Whatever the other side of this is going to be, can we just get there already? And uh, uh, and 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 for me, for my my generation, and all of my friends were the same way. We were just like, we have to wade through this. We're it's not our time yet. Okay, our time is going to come. We're a little bit young here. We're on the we're on the the we're on the end part. We were the second half of the baby boomers. The first half of the baby boomers were the people that you see in, in here. We were the second half of the baby boomers. And it's like, you know, when we get our chance, when we get up there, fine, we're going to change all of that. We're going to get rid of all of this. We're not going to deal with all this stuff. And uh, uh, but but, you know, then uh, you have to you have to kind of look at it and say, OK, yeah, but, you know, I got to say they were they were still very influential in a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of the stuff that went on. Very, very influential and very interesting. It's just it's just fascinating for me to see young people, younger people like you, people who are definitely, you know, when you reach a certain age, everybody's younger than you. So I look, <laughs> yeah. at, everybody, I look at everybody as being young people. But it's really fascinating to me to see how much they're embracing this sort of thing. And then to see the parallels, again, the historical parallels, because, again, it's, it's exactly what you were saying. Here are a bunch of people who, who, who pop culture was singing, David Bowie was singing in Changes. Right. He's he, the one of the verses that came along and changes was, uh, you know, you don't have to preach at these children. They're very they're quite aware of what they're going through. Mm-hmm. All of these children are kind of aware of what they're guys they're, as they're trying to change their world. They're you know, they're immune to your consultations. They're quite aware of what they're going through. OK, and he was telling he's telling the, the older generation, your time has changed. Changes are coming. And this is the big change. And of course, change was huge. Bob Dylan sang about the times they are changed. All of the stuff is going on. And they wanted to be aware. They wanted to develop their world. They wanted to do to do stuff. But but it was floundering. It was, yeah. They didn't know where to go. They had yep. no meaning in it. They had they didn't know what was going on. And of course, all of the things that they tried, which were drugs and sex and rock and roll and all the other stuff, fell by the wayside, didn't work. And and a few of them found this. Right. A few of them found Jesus. And then they realized, oh, that's really the core of everything. That's really, our parents taught us about this, but this is not the Jesus that our parents were even teaching us about. There's a different Jesus here that we need to, we need to get to know. We need to get to understand. We need to get to love. And, and, uh, and, and, and that's just a, a working through history. So look at what we're doing now. We've got a cynical generation, mm-hmm. completely cynical young people who don't know, and yet who still are craving meaning. They're craving to find meaningful lives, to yeah. do something that's meaningful. And, 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 and what's uh, hopefully the church can step right into that void and say, hey, we're doing it. This is what Jordan Peterson talks about. Jordan Peterson, you know, of all people, is coming out and he's saying, look, you, you and the church have the greatest adventure you can ever offer anyone. The greatest adventure, adventuresome life of meaning that you could ever offer anybody, the church has it. Why are you not out there with these kids who are craving meaning, telling them, come on this adventure with us? You want meaning? We got meaning coming out the wazoo. Come <laughs> with us. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting because 35, uh, you know, 36 to now almost 37 years ago, what I was telling people in Adventures in Odyssey was uh, the Christian life is the greatest adventure you can ever go on. Yeah. I was saying that exact thing. That's how I was selling it to everybody. This is the greatest life. You can ever want. This is the greatest adventure you can ever go on. The adventure in Odyssey is the Christian adventure in Odyssey. That's the whole point of it. And and uh, so I, you know, we were saying again, we were saying we were saying this 30, 36, 37 yep. years ago, and now the cycle is coming back, They're coming it's back, because now back. now it's still a search for truth. But now we've yep. we've had a generation of 
well, what is truth? As uh, right. you know, as you can even find that in the Bible, uh, yeah. spoken by somebody who basically sentenced Jesus to death. But right. <laughs> that's beside the point. Pilot. Right. What is truth? Adjusting Pilate and did not wait for an answer. That's the way the whole thing exactly. goes. Exactly. But we've got, well, we'll just create our own truth because so everybody wants truth, but they it just seems to be easy to find your, come up with your right. own truth, but that truth will leave you flat. Absolutely. It will mean nothing. When you create Absolutely. your own truth, you know, I and I love having this conversation. I once had it at a, a gas station where uh, I don't know how these guys got on their conversation, but one guy says, well, there is no absolute truth. I said, well, is that an absolutely true statement? Exactly. He says, well, that's just semantics. It's like, no, it is a direct contradiction. It is a contradictory statement that cannot remain true. There must be some sort of absolute truth because you cannot definitively say that there is not one because that becomes a new absolute. So Your statement is meaningless. If if there's no absolute truth, your statement is meaningless. So now we need these kids. These kids need to find that absolute truth. And the church is holding on to it. And we need to get it out there. Yeah. You could, you know, that's the thing. That that whole conversation could just be like, you could be like a two-year-old talking to, you know, there's no absolute truth. Well, is that an absolute truth statement that you're making? Oh, come on, that's just semantics. Well, is that an absolute truth? I mean, is that, you know, mm-hmm. every, every, every question that they get, every statement that they come up with is, well, is that an absolute truth? Is a, somewhere down the line, this is an absolute. Otherwise, otherwise you got nothing. Everything, there's nothing. Yeah. You can't, you can't trust anything. You can't say anything. You can't do anything at all. So you lose your identity. You lose your identity. There's not, it's nothing but nihilism. And is that, is that what you want? Is that the absolute nihilism? Is that it? Because there's an absolute for you if you mm-hmm. want absolute, uh, absolutism. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's always, it's always fascinating. C.S. Lewis made a whole <laughs> career out of this. That was his whole, his whole thing was about, about you, you can't, you can't get in the car in order to drive it into the ditch. You can't, you can't do that. <laughs> That's basically in a nutshell what, what Lewis is all about. You just, you want to get, you guys want to use the, 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 the terms and proper and, and propositions of Christianity in order to destroy Christianity. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. You can't, you can't use phrases like there is no absolute truth. If you use the word no in that sentence, no is an absolute. You can't do that. Right. I mean, you can't, you can't do that. It's a meaningless statement to do that. It's a negation of the negation. So that means there is absolute truth. Yep. You know, what a negative plus a negative equals a positive. So, yeah. And to sum up, though, this was a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's great. And I have to see it. I really, I really have to see it. I was, I, it is very I, apropos I, I, to the culture right now. Yeah. yeah and yeah, w- what is. a timing with, uh, you know, whatever you're going to say about Asbury. Uh, I I've looked in some video on it, and you know people were repenting. The gospel sure. was being preached, uh, sure. and they they worked on spreading it out to other churches. Like, hey, when you leave you know, here, I, I, take it I, out somewhere. Know, I, I will say about Asbury, it, it's interesting that you brought that up and, and relating it to this. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing that these guys had to learn, and they're, they're going to have to learn it at Asbury too. Yep. The real, the real, the real revival starts when you leave right. the church. That's the real revival. It's easy to have the mountaintop experience. It's easy mm-hmm. to have the camp, camp mountaintop experience. That's what everybody wants. That's what everybody is doing. And it's easy to get caught up in it. It's yep. really, really easy to get caught up in that. The real, the real revival, the real thing is comes when you leave here. What are you going to do now? Yep. What's the next step? And and then and then um, the real the real test comes with, okay. Uh, I'm willing. I'm willing to. I'm willing to get excited about this and go and spread this with, spread this out there, and not just spread it in terms of evangelization, but spread it in terms of service, mm-hmm. service to others, serving God and service to others. 
not thinking about me and what I want to feel now, because that feeling is going to go away. Mm -hmm. It's going to go away rapidly. It's going to go away big time. And you're going to be depressed because you don't feel it anymore and you want to recapture the feeling. And as soon as you try to recapture the feeling, again, let's go back to C.S. Lewis. He talks about being surprised by joy. <laughs> the minute he had joy and tried to think about, oh, I'm feeling joy, it, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> and you can't artificially create it. You can't do that. You have to just live in the moment. You have to actually say, I'm going to serve. It's not about me. My life is not about me. My life is about God and other people, and that's where the real revival begins. And let's make it so that we never have to have another revival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, 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 let's live as Christians in such a way that we never have to have another revival. Right. It, it, your life is a constant revival. Your life is a constant thing. It's a constant thing going on here. Let's see if we can make that our goal. Yeah. And that comes, through, that comes through Christian service, serving God, serving others, and forgetting about me. Right. And That's by forgetting about ourselves, we truly find ourselves of what God As, made absolutely. us to be. Absolutely. He did not make did a mistake <laughs> when he yeah. made you. It's exactly what Christ said, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Christ said that exact thing. Yep. You come, you know, it's the, that's, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the astounding messages of Christianity. The astounding message of Christianity is the seeming contradictions. Mm -hmm. He who, he who would save his life must lose it. Mm -hmm. He, you know, you, 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 how, how, how is that even possible? What are you talking about? How does that even, how does that even work? Well, here's how it works. Yeah. Here's what happens. Here's what you do. You know, here, here's how this whole, this whole thing is supposed to play out. Do unto others as you'd have others do unto you. That's a positive spin on the Nietzschean idea of don't do anything that you don't want anybody else to do to you. Okay. Yeah. That's, those two statements are not even remotely close to being right. each other, but everybody thinks that they are. Oh, that's just Nietzsche. That's just this. That's just that. That's been around for many, many years. No, no, no. Jesus revolutionized that statement. Right. He, he did it. That means you go out and do things. You don't just wait for things to happen to you. You go out and find things to do that help serve mm -hmm. other people. You do that. Yep. You do that. You know, do unto others. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yep. Okay. Think about it from that from that perspective. It's not just so. Oh, okay. Well, this, you know, we're just going to stay away from each other. No, no, no. That's not the case. You've got to go be a, a servant to others. Servants, yep. servants, servant, servant leadership. Servant. Um, you know, the the greatest. <laughs> The greatest is the least. The right. least is the greatest. You know, that's that's exactly what it's all about. That's and exactly what it's all about. This is a lot of the stuff you see in the film. You see uh, the pastor who gets down and becomes a servant. And he's Because people were complaining that these, these hippies have dirty feet. They're coming out without shoes. So we see him washing their feet. Wash so, their okay, feet. wash their feet Absolutely. and let me serve them. And we yeah. also get to see people come on off that hilltop experience. There's a, a moment where Greg Laurie, before he accepts Christ, he's like, what if this is just another drug? We're getting an exactly. emotional high. What if this is going to all go away? And we have a, minute, a moment in this film that he is going to have to struggle with his faith because things are not going the way he expected them to be. And he's, had, he's, he's not feeling the constant joy that there's struggle, which is part of the Christian yep. adventure. And yep. uh, I don't yep. want to spoil anything, but you're going to get to see all this. And like the thing we learn by the end of the film, and Kelsey Grammer gets to say the line basically that God uses flawed people to get his message out because we're going to see all these people mess up. We see Lonnie where he really kind of felt like it was about him and he lost focus, but that's, you know, to me, he, he came across as very new Christian and he wasn't yep. ready for the explosion yep. of what this would be like. And then we have a pastor who's kind of set in a ways who's trying to navigate a new way to, to 
you know, with these new younger people. So everybody's yeah. got a lesson to learn as the film goes on. And it's, it's, Excellent. it's, it'll make you feel good. Great. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. Uh, this, this is good, good storytelling, which yeah. is a great transition. <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there. I uh, see what you did there. So when we had John before and we got off, I don't remember who we were off. We, we followed a lot of rabbits, uh, but the concept of being able to tell stories in such a way where I think we talk about where we want to – nowadays we'll ask a question because we want to get the kids talking to their parents and right. to learn things. And we're talking about how how you can get a message like, say, the Jesus Revolution and everything you were just talking about, how you can get that across without standing on some pulpit and preaching it, but telling a story that you get these lessons because you see it played out. And honestly, now I think we, we, we were talking about it's been 35 years now. Yeah, it's uh, thirty-five. Going, this this will be its uh, in, in November. Will be thirty-six years. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I was creating it a year before any of that stuff happened. So for me, it's thirty-seven years. Uh, the, the, yeah. The you were doing the uh, what was it? Portraits, family, family, family portraits. Family portraits. Yeah, family yeah. portraits was the first thing that that happened. So family portraits, thirty-six years ago, was happening right now. Yeah. So right, was right now, thirty-six. Some years of the same ago, actors. Family portraits. <laughs> oh yeah, well the same uh, same lead, Hal, yeah. Hal Smith. Yeah, and then we had we had uh, Katie and and Will uh, Will Ryan and Katie Lee, and some of the other folks had also come in and were doing other characters and stuff. So we had that we had them sprinkled in. They weren't they weren't the characters that they became on Odyssey, but they were they were definitely in those shows. So yeah, they were there thirty six years ago. Yeah, too. yeah. So how did you get interested in telling stories? I mean, did you always write when oh, you were a kid? Oh. Oh sure! Oh, absolutely, oh, absolutely. I mean, I from the earliest earliest days that I can remember, uh, the first stories that I ever really loved were commercials. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was I was the first I was the vanguard of the television generation. So mm. that that we were my generation was the television generation. We were we were constantly uh, watching TV. We were constantly um, uh, you know seeing. Uh, programs and whatnot on television and the television was our babysitter. Uh, so our parents, you know, our mothers and my dads were all working. We'd stay at home moms and they had to clean up stuff around the house. And so they put us in front of the television and I was, I just sat there in front of the television and absorbed everything all day long. And the things that I always remembered, I had a, I had a real gift for this was were the commercials and the commercials. I realized at a fairly early age, the commercials were just mini stories. Mm-hmm. They're, they're setting up a problem. There's a main character that's setting up a problem and they're having to overcome the obstacles. And what is the, what is the way they solve their problem? This product. Oh, this will help you. This will help you do it. Yeah. Um, mm. And then, and then you had a little funny thing happen at the very end and that's the way it worked. So, um, so I realized, oh man, that's, that, that's, that's just, that's storytelling in a nutshell. It's just, they, they did it in 30 seconds or a minute. That's how long they did it. And Makes so, me think about uh, the ads I make for the TV station I work at. Yeah, you should think of them as little mini stories. Yeah. Think of them as you have, you have your protagonist, they have a dramatic need, and they have a dramatic situation that they're, they're operating in. And what are they trying to do? They're overcoming an obstacle, and how they're doing that? With your product. That's the way they do it. Yeah. So, or in my uh, case, you need to go to this store and go buy this that, stuff, buy these right, gifts. That, that store, that gift. We don't do products. 
products much anymore. I've noticed that in commercials. They're <laughs> yeah. not products, usually websites or, or service yeah. oriented stuff. And but, most of my stuff is all local yeah. businesses around the TV station I work yeah, at. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but that, but that's still, it's still the same kind of a situation. You're still doing this. this. These are what, this is why story is everything. This is why what I teach is this course called story is everything. It's all mm. about that. It's, it's everything all around us. It's everything that we do. It's everything that we see. We see the same cycles in, in every single single thing. You don't realize that when you're you're young. It took, it of course, took many many years of right. doing it, doing it, doing it in order to realize, oh, this is what's always been. It's just always been this, mm-hmm. and it's been that way since the since the beginning of time. And the, God created story. God created. The, when He created the world, He launched stories. Basically, the world is one long story, and there are trillions and trillions and trillions of little stories weaving this tapestry of humanity and existence and everything else and it, uh, going to an ultimate, an ultimate climax. So, uh, that's, that's what's great about it. And some of the but best yeah, stories, I've, I've always, I've always loved stories. I've always loved them. Some of the best stories are also, that's the way we communicate. Sure. Like in, in an ad, yeah. we're, we're communicating something you need to come here about, yeah. but great stories. And, and Jesus, you know, he tells parables. He was sure. communicating ideas yeah. through stories yeah. And I mean, now we get a lot of stories that are just kind of fluff and just popcorn. We get a lot of that from Hollywood. Yeah. But yeah. some of the best stories communicate an idea for you that makes you sit back and think about it later. You're like, hmm. Like C.S. Lewis always was communicating stuff when he would tell you a story, but you would oh, get yeah. you would get a message for it. And you're there's, just there's stuff. Back I, mean, I, I don't know if you've I don't know if you've come across this book yet. Uh, there's a book called Planet Narnia, and and it's a fantastic book. It's hmm. a fantastic book because. People, uh, people who are real, real deep divers into the Narnia, the Narnia is what we call it. Um, they're, they're really into all the seven books, right? And and uh, they noticed stuff. Christians especially start noticing things that that the character of each book changes a little bit, mm. little, little little things that happen. And then there seems to be inconsistencies. There seem to be, especially from a Christian standpoint, there seem to be, wait a minute, that's, that's not consistent with that. There's not consistent with this. It's not a one-to-one allegory. There's some allegorical things that happen, but the really, and Lewis himself said, these are not allegories. This is just this. This is just, you know, what, how, how would the Christian story play out in a different universe? And, and, and he was very, very secretive about this. Well, for years, for years, ever since the, ever since the, 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 the Narnia Chronicles became uh, so, so important to people, People have been trying to find out what exactly Lewis was doing. Hmm. What are you doing? These are not just children's stories because you're doing certain things that are inconsistent with this and, and, and telling things in a different way. And, and so it's not a, it's not just a Christian. If you try to if you try to put it into the realm of this, just a Christian, you know, Christian, um, basically trying to tell the precepts of Christ in these stories. Yeah, you can do that, but there's some other things that are going on here. Why, why are those other things going on? And so people have speculated that it's about, it's about Shakespeare. At one point there's, he's each of the books represents a Shakespearean play, but they kind of, but they're also, they just kind of fall apart after yeah. a while. You know, you try to do those things and say, ah, no, that's not really it. Because Lewis obviously was a genius. I think he was a genius. And Lewis was a brilliant writer. And he taught this stuff for years and years and years and years. So so when when he when he does something in a book, you can't just say, well, that's just a mistake on his part. You can't you can look at that, you can write it off as just a well, he just he just blew it at that, that time. No, you have to really kind of look deeper than that. Is there something else going on here? What else is going on here? There may be something. He, he did that for a reason. He's too good to just write that off as a mistake. Right. And then he went ahead and published it. Okay. 
So what is it that's going on here? Why is this happening? Well, there's a gentleman named Michael Ward. He wrote a book. He wrote it, I think, way back in like 2012 or something, but I just got the book on tape. I'm loving books on tape. Yep. I call them books on tape. <laughs> They're odd audio books, but I'm, right. I, I call them books on tape because I'm old school. Um, but I, but I got it and I started listening to it and I was like, wow, this is really, really amazing. And I, I think he's hit on the key. This is a something else that Lewis was doing that he never told anybody that he was mm -hmm. actually doing with these books. And basically, um, I, I don't want to give it away because it really is, it really is something I highly recommend getting this book and reading it because there's so, it's so deep. It's very, it's, it's real thick. So you have to kind of really hang on to it. I got to, got to, got to do mm -hmm. the, the academic thing with it. But, um, basically what he's doing is each of the books, Lewis was Lewis was not a person. Lewis called himself a dinosaur. Okay, and Lewis said, "I'm a lover of the old things. Mm. I'm a lover of the old things. I think the old things still are worthwhile. They're still valid. It's not. Um, uh, it's silly. It's it's silly and ridiculous to think that because we're in a modern age that somehow we have better stuff from a philosophical standpoint than all of these old." <laughs> older people did. <laughs> right. okay. And he was also, and what's interesting, he's not one to dismiss everything while he, while he would not follow pagan philosophy from a religious standpoint at all. He's not one to dismiss all of paganism as worthless because we have Christ now then we dismiss everything from paganism as worthless. That doesn't, that doesn't make him a pagan worshiper or anything like that. He just saying in terms of story, and in terms of what we know about story, and in terms of what, how these how things in story work, um, there are things that we should take a look at from the standpoint. And this was something that he really tried to do. He he wrote a book called The Discarded Image. And the discarded image, a lot of a lot of the stuff from the discarded image starts filtering in. We start applying that to the Narnia books. You realize, oh wow, this is exactly what he was doing here. Mm. So, the Ptolemaic and Copernican. Uh, systems of the universe, there were seven planets in the universe, um, eight with Earth, but th the sun was considered a planet and the moon was considered a planet as well. So you had, you had basically Mars, you had Mercury and Venus and um, Mars, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Saturn, Jupiter, the sun and the moon. Mm. Okay. Earth was not considered one of those, one of those. Each of those had their own characteristics, their own spirits. In, for instance, in the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, uh, Eustace says, "In our world, a star is a gaseous ball of yeah. fire," and the and Romandu says, "Even in your world, that's just what it's made of. Right. That's not what it is." Yep. Okay. So there's a clue right there as to mm -hmm. what Lewis is doing. Okay. So for instance, uh, in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you have this narrative going on. And in the middle of all this, this, this happenings and uh, Aslan's coming, spring thaw is happening, all the snow is going away, uh, the, the, the sun is coming out, everything, spring is coming, right? But in the middle of all this, what do we have? Father Christmas. <laughs> right. And everybody's wondering, what? why did you ruin the story by putting something from our world into that world? Why would you do that? Father Christmas? I mean, everybody's wondering what in the world he was doing. And again, they, they write it off as, well, he just made a mistake. That's all there was to it. He just made a thing. We just have to ignore that. No, Lewis is too good for that. Why did he do that? Well, Father Christmas is associated with the planet Jupiter, which is Jove. Mm. By Jove. Yeah. Okay. So this, so the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is all about Jupiter. 
Jupiter is its symbolic representation in the sky, in the night sky. Jupiter is all about power and bigness and jollity, jo- joviality, joviality, which is which is good spiritedness and good naturedness and things. And Father Christmas is very much associated with that. And so all the things. So when you start looking at that, you start saying, okay, so each of the planets is associated with one of these books in the Narniad. Hmm. And they're all associated together. And when you start looking at that, and again, I don't want to give away anything with Planet Narnia. You need to just go read the book because he, he does a deep, deep dive yeah. into all of this stuff. And he associates it also with the the, uh, the Outer Space Trilogy that Lewis wrote. He associates a lot of it in his scholarship, Lewis's scholarship, the scholarly works that he wrote. He's, he talked a lot about this stuff. So he's got it He's got it very well sourced in all of Lewis's, all of Lewis's work. That this is kind of what he was. This is kind of what he was really doing. He was really showing how this is the thematic underpinnings of these books, um, and 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 not as a way to to get people to say, oh, see the pagan things. They were used to worship the stars and the planets. No, he's to say, look, who's in charge of all of that? It's all. It's all still saying there's a there's a god in heaven who's in control of all of these planets, and and this is what Aslan does. Of course, Aslan. Uh, Aslan takes a couple of the stars. Ramandu is under Aslan's yeah. under and Aslan's control. There's the, the other star that came down and is in charge of the Duffelpud Island. Mm-hmm. He's telling him he's there. So there's two of them. There's two of them in there, and he's saying these are these, and they're all they all do obeisance. They're all they're all very servile to Aslan. They all understand him as the great lord of everything. He's the creator of all. He's the great lord of everything. And so what is they're doing? He's saying even the planets, even the planets. The heavens declare the glory of right. God, okay, which is Lewis's favorite, the Psalm 19. This is Lewis's favorite psalm. He says it over and over and over again. Well, this is kind of a secret thing, apparently, that Lewis had been doing, the subtext that he was trying to do, and a lot of the stuff that he was doing. And, and when you look at that, you go, oh, my goodness, this, is, this changes everything. This changes how you read the whole story. All of a sudden, those things that you thought were inconsistencies and mistakes, no, they're just deep. They go even deeper than you thought they yeah. did. So, so this is what's really, really, really interesting. And it just got me thinking about uh, all of these, all of the kinds of stuff that we all do, and the symbology of what we all do, the symbolism of, and then and then that that gets you to go back to scripture. Now, so as Christians, we start going back to scripture. We start saying, and this is what this again. Listen, this is what Jordan Peterson's starting to do. Jordan Peterson's looking for the deeper meaning of these stories. Okay, he hasn't quite got there yet because we know what the deeper meaning of the Old Testament stories are. Yeah. They're all symbols of Christ. They're mm-hmm. all symbols of every Christ is throughout the whole thing. It's not yeah. just that he comes and suddenly appears in the New Testament. He's there throughout the Old Testament. He's there throughout all of it. You just got to look at it in the right way. You yeah. just got to keep going. You, you can't just take it at the surface level. You got to do the deeper dive on it. And that's what's really, really fascinating about uh, about just the way story works, the way story works in general. And for us, we're story creators, content creators, that it's incumbent upon us to do the same thing. It's incumbent upon us to feel like, how do we do this? What are we, what are we doing? And I'm looking at my own stories going, how can I do this? What can I, what can, I've done some of that, but I got to do, I got to, I, I missed the boat here. I got to go deeper with this. I got to yeah. go even deeper. And you get a lot of resistance. You do get a lot of resistance from it. It, it. It's really interesting. Even people that are that that you you thought would be on board with it, if if you're not real careful about how you explain this stuff, they're wondering, what are you doing here? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? What's, what's the matter with you? Why are you doing? But it's so it's it's really really fascinating to watch to 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 to, to uncover that stuff and then see it's all 
all of it is pointing back to God. All mm-hmm. of it is pointing back to Christ. All of it is pointing back to the Trinity. It's amazing stuff. It's really, really, really incredible stuff. And so that's the difficulty of finding how are we doing this. Right. In a way. And right. well, heck, I, I think it was just a couple of weeks ago you were uh, – uh, basically all the writers for Odyssey, I guess we all just kind of get together yeah. and just yeah. have a big meeting. So, I mean, yeah, we have our, our yearly meeting at the end of February is when we usually have it. We were there in Colorado Springs, in this lovely, this gorgeous house. It was so beautiful. Um, uh, this place and, and, uh, and, and just the magnificent, uh, garden of the gods was right out there, right out the window. We could take a look at all the stuff in the mountains of Pikes Peak and everything was, was really beautiful. And then it snowed and it became even more beautiful. It was just great. <laughs> So, but we, yeah, yeah, we all got together and we all were pitching stories. We we're pitching, we were pitching stuff. And, um, and, and, and that's, that's our time to bat around ideas with each other, with the whole group and to try to try to figure out what we're going to do for the next couple of, you know, albums and seasons and even years in some case, and where we're going to go with certain characters, how we're going to do stuff with certain characters. We make decisions then about what we're going to do last year at this time, we had to make a decision about what we're going to do with Eugene mm-hmm. uh, and about how that whole thing was going to play out because of Will Ryan's death. And, uh, and, and we did, we played it out and we, we, we have recorded those episodes and they will be produced and people will love them or hate them. <laughs> Hopefully we'll, we'll probably love them. Well, the only thing we'll hate is that we, if we have to say goodbye to Will once and for all. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see how it all works out. I, 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 you know, we, 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 um, we did everything that we could do. I think I, I don't think that we could do anything more than what we could do at this point with that. And so, uh, I don't want to give anything away at all. Um, but it's it's going to be the kind of show that that you know. Again, there's a lot of there's a lot of depth to it, and 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 on on a surface level, you're going to look at it and have a reaction to it on a sur- surface level, and then. Then to go a little bit deeper, and then go a little bit deeper, and then and then go a little bit deeper to try to get to the try to get to the essence of it, try to get to the core of it. What we're really trying to do here. So, um, but it's it took all of us, you know, it, <laughs> it took all of us. It took it took uh, Kathy and it took Kathy and Marshall and myself and Dave Arnold to really really make this day it took all of us we were we were all there we all had to we all had to really show up and really work hard and i was teaching a course i was at i was in new york i was teaching oh, a course for the lamplighter folks at the same time that i was doing a, a another pass at this whole thing another <laughs> four-part pass at this. and it had to be done because we you know we just had to get it all all yeah. done because we were, we were going to record in another two weeks this thing had to be done. So I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Give it to me. I'll, I'll teach in the morning till about two o'clock. And then I'll stay up until two o'clock in the morning doing the rewrite. And then I'll go back and teach in the morning. So it was just, it was one of those cycles of, of, I can't complain about this because when I was young and, and, and couldn't get a job anywhere doing artistic stuff, this is exactly what I wanted to do. <laughs> I wanted, right. I wanted to be that in that situation where, yeah, I'm teaching, I'm doing this stuff in the morning and then in the evening, I'm doing all this and rewriting stuff frantically in order to get stuff in there. And then the whole cycle starts over again and you're all exhausted about it. And I'm like, I can't be complaining about this. This is exactly what I want is <laughs> I got into the business in the first place. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so that it was it was actually a real blessing to do to do all of that. And it, 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 it was uh, it, I think I, I I like I said, we we put everything into it. We put everything that we could into it. So it's, it's it'll be interesting to get everybody's reaction. I can't wait to, for everybody to hear it. So and of course, hopefully you get everybody to get those discussions going, get families to talk together like, well, what do yeah. you think? we should take away from this. What's the takeaway? What do we want to go out in yeah. the world and yeah. learn from, 
from all these type of things, the things we want yeah. to ponder and think about. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's really true. Uh, we tried to put all of that all of that in there. There's there's there was so many things that that had to be done. Yeah. We had to take care of so many storylines because they're they're all there were there were just multiple multiple storylines that had to be multiple people that had to had to be taken into consideration multiple relationships that had to be taken into consideration. So, um, again, I don't want to give anything away, but we, we did, we did everything that we could, everything I think that we possibly could with this. So, uh, so yeah, it was, we were all exhausted by the end. <laughs> but, oh, uh, a, a new album actually has just released. It has an album, uh, 74 just released. Yeah. I think that 74 had just, has just released. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's an that's an interesting cover on that album. If you look at that, it's kind of a remake of an old cover. Um, that the, the artwork on it, but this time it's really interesting. Where you see everybody's together um, in this in this version of it, you have a lot of the main characters together, um, and then Eugene is sitting in front by himself. Mm. And so the, again, we have this visual symbolism of what's kind of going on. What's kind of it's a pre it's a kind of a precursor to you know setting the stage for kind of where yeah. where we're at with this with this sort of thing. So, but it, it, yeah, yeah, man, that's a that's a that's an interesting album. There's a lot of stuff in that album that's that's uh, that's going on and this setting the stage for for things that are happening in the future. So, of course, always good stuff. Everybody can go to uh, woodsend.org. Uh, have these gotten to where they're available through the Apple Store yet? I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you about that. Um, I, I I am completely mystified. I will tell you when it comes to how this program is released. <laughs> I have no idea how any of that works at all. For me, I come from the days when we were on the radio and then we had cassette albums. Right. And that was it. I don't get the club. I don't get how when <laughs> things are, but I don't get any of that yeah. at all. And I, and I gave up trying to figure it out a long time ago. I'm like, okay, I just know this is out now. Yeah. Go, go and go and do well. That's and I, I keep know. it simple. I go to the library. I'm like, does the library have a copy yet? So I can check it out. So <laughs> yeah. give me something to listen to. So yeah. yeah, it just means that I usually, I sometimes I have to wait and I had, cause I had to do a lot of catch up. I think through up through album 73 before I had y'all on the first time. I was like, I wanted to make sure I was current. So I was like, okay, what was yeah. the last thing I remember happening? So I, right, let me go in and see what all happened since then. And so, yeah, because it's and the see, greatest what's, ongoing what's, story. What, well, <laughs> what's what's so strange about that is that I'm in a completely different place from that because, you know, that's album seventy four. To me, that's like two years ago. <laughs> yeah. So so much has happened since then. I I wow, got to be yeah. really careful about thinking. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Where what is what was that? Okay, that was that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can't. So I can't say this, and I'm notorious for spoilers. I'm notorious for letting <laughs> stuff like that happen. So I've just got to be so careful now about. Okay, wait a minute. What's happened since then? What's happened? I can't talk about any of that stuff coming up. I have to talk about it. Which bring, which 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 is something that happened really interesting that happened with the whole Olivia, uh, Olivia's questioning her faith album, mm, which mm. I think is the previous album. That was good stuff. It was so much fun. Uh, it was, uh, not just fun, but interesting. It was really, really, really interesting because uh, <clears throat> we got letters from people in the middle of all of that. We got letters from people saying that they were praying for Olivia. Uh. <laughs> they were praying for Olivia. I'm like, that's really interesting. You realize Olivia doesn't exist. She's right. a fixed character. But you're praying that she finds her salvation. So what actually are you really praying for there? Are you praying that the writers are going to bring her back? <laughs> Are you praying for, for us that we're doing stuff? And, and, and yes, yes, that's what we're praying for. I said, well, you realize these shows are done. <laughs> yeah. They're all done. 
this is this is finished. We know what the outcome is. Right. We're, 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 this is done, and it's not going to change. So, where what's what's really? And is it, this is just a weird, yeah. kind of strange situation to be in because you realize this is kind of this is kind of in a a small, minute, infinitesimal taste of what God must go through when. When our prayers go up to him and he realizes, you know, he knows the whole story. He's outside of time. He knows everything that's going to happen already. So does he, what, what, what are we praying for exactly? What, what are we, it's not to say that we shouldn't be praying. We right. should be praying. We should be praying for specific things. There's, yeah. That's perfectly fine to do that. But it's just a strange thing because it, it doesn't really matter how many prayers you guys <laughs> how many prayers you want a certain thing to happen. This is already done. We're not going to be changing this. I mean, this is just the, this is, this is, it makes me more of a Calvinist, I think. <laughs> that's, that's kind of, <laughs> that's really controversial. Oh, yeah, there goodness. we go. I'm going to, I'm going to go, then people are going to go crazy with that. But it's just, it was just kind of a strange thing to, to do. That's a, that was kind of a mind blower for me. I was like, well, this is really interesting to kind of figure out how all that whole dynamic works in terms of story. Yeah. Well, we do get pictures in the Bible, like all the prayers being like contained and it's like yeah. it makes a wonderful aroma unto the Lord. He just loves yeah. and relishes in those prayers. Yeah. So yeah. He just yeah. he just wants a relationship with us, and he wants to hear from us. That's He's it. like, oh, don't worry, I've already got you taken care of. But I'm glad you're talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's what that's he a, wanted from the beginning. When yeah. you when you look at it, that's what yeah. God wanted. And yeah. Now he's using because he because he can work all things good. He can use the entirety of history where it all went wrong and still make things even better. If we, maybe if, you know, if we if we really have. understood the profundity of that, our mm -hmm. lives would change almost overnight. It would it would change everything. Yeah. It would change how we how we look at everything. Yeah, the the question that comes up of why if there is a God and and he's supposed to be good, why does he allow so many bad things to happen? That, that mm -hmm. what you just said, if we were to look at life in that way, the way you just laid out for us, it would change the answer to that completely. Yeah. We wouldn't even, we wouldn't even want to ask that question anymore because, because of the different ways that we, that we would be looking at what God is actually doing. Yeah. It would give us a very small insight into what his grand plan is. It would help us to understand what his plan is. Um, you know, I, one of the things that I, I, I thought, uh, I take my walks in the morning and I try to do my prayer time and real meditation time and praise time while I'm doing my walks. And one of the things that, I, that, that occurred to me was if you're, if you're thinking about the essential nature of God and who God is, what his character is like, what yeah. God, what the Trinity's God, the Trinity that we know of is God, God, the Son, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who existed before the foundations of the world. So they existed outside of time. There was no time. There wasn't anything. It was just them, just God. That was it. Well, well, if if we if if before the foundations of the world, before any of us were created, God knew that Jesus, an all-knowing God, knew that His Son would be born and have to be the atoning the atoning sacrifice for the world. Okay, for the sins of the world. That means. That sacrifice, sacrifice is an essential characteristic of God. Mm. Before the foundations of the world, sacrifice was an essential characteristic of God. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God told me that. I was like, what? What? That's, a, that's astounding. Yeah. That's astounding when you think about it. 
Wow. Mm. Sacrifice is an essential characteristic of God, which means we are made in the image of God. We are meant to be that way. We are meant to do that. We are meant to sacrifice. Mm. That again changes that's the that, whole that's that servanthood thing. Of that question. It changes the whole nature of if if God is so good, how come think about it in terms of sacrifice? Think about it in terms of servanthood, exactly what you're saying. The whole servant idea. Your life is not about you. Right. Your life is about <laughs> other people and God. Oh wow, that changes everything. It changes everything. That's that that and, and and it's like this is the key to everything, and it's been sitting in front of us this whole time. We just refuse to see it. Yeah, we just refuse to see it. And and once you see it, and you start accepting it, and you start implementing it, your life changes really radically. You want a revival? That's it, right there. That's it. That's the key. Yeah. Understanding your life is not about you and that you are a servant and you should be a servant. You came to serve. There was a, there's that, that phrase right there, I come to serve. There's an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where Spock's father comes onto the mm. Enterprise. I don't know if you remember that episode where Mark Leonard plays him again. So is this so, one where he's starting and, to lose his mind a little bit? And he's yeah. starting to lose it. Yeah. So for Vulcans, the worst thing that can happen, of course, is that they can't control their emotions. Right. And there's a disease, it's like a Parkinson's disease, yeah. where they can't control it. He can't control it anymore. He can no longer hide things. And so it start, he starts lashing out, and then his emotions start, because they're telepathic, his emotions start entering into other people, mm -hmm. causing fights and causing all sorts of stuff. And he's, he's, a, he's there, of course, because the complication is he has to negotiate a peace between these two settlements, and he has to be in control of his emotions and whatnot. So he gives all of his emotions to Picard. Mm -hmm. Everything that Picard is like now going through, and he, Picard <laughs> understands his relationship with Spock and relationship with his first wife. And I mean, Picard is just happy to you know all of the emotional heyday <laughs> yeah. that's, that Sarek should be experiencing. Picard is actually experiencing. But what got me was, and it's partly due to the line itself, and it was partly due, and I remember it right when I first saw the episode, I felt this way, without ever having to go through all the stuff that I'm going through later and thinking in terms about servant, servanthood. The first thing that Sarek says when he beams aboard the Enterprise is, we come to serve. Mm -hmm. Picard greets him and says, Ambassador, it's such an honor to have you here. And we we have accolades and this and that. And he goes, we come to serve. And the way Mark Leonard delivered that line, it was so sincere that I thought, that's not, that's not a cornball thing. That's really deep. Mm -hmm. When you think about it, that's really deep. If you look at your life in that way, if you look at your life and say, wherever you are, we come to serve. We come to serve. And you don't make a flashy thing about it. You just go about the quiet business of serving. How can I be of service to you? How can I help you this day? What can I do to help you out? And stop thinking about yourself and all your own problems. Man, anxiety goes away. All of the cares and worries go away. All of the, it truly is. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Do not worry. You cannot add an inch to your height. You cannot make your hair turn <laughs> off. You cannot do anything. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Come to serve. And all these things will take care of themselves. All of this other stuff. Wow. And Christ told it yeah. to us. I mean, he said this to us. And it was so radical when, the, when he said it originally 
to the apostles. Of course, it was all very radical, but we've seen it. We've heard about it for 2,000 years now. And so it's become commonplace to us, and we don't understand the profundity of it. And we need to recapture that. That's that's exactly yeah. what we need to recapture. You know, yeah. I mean, those kids are looking for meaning. The grand adventure, the grand adventure of Christianity, the Christian life is this great adventure. It's an adventure of service. Yeah. Service. That's what it's about. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's it's great. It's it's incredible. And that fits right in it. What I've been hearing a lot with because uh, even Greg Laurie would preaching on this, like yeah. where we had you know because he, he, he's talking about the movie. It's like this was like this revival. It's like, well, what do we? We're given the instructions for revival, and he says like, no, no, look who God's talking to. He says if my people who are called by my name, well, what's exactly. the first thing he says? Humble themselves. Yep. And then repentance, yep. of course. You know, repent, of course, because we got it wrong, but. In order to serve, you do have to humble yourself and stop thinking so much about yourself and, and your own needs. Just let God take care of you, and yep. you worry about, how can I serve other people? Because God is serving me. Holy cow. Yeah. God is yeah. taking care of everything, all of my needs. He promised he'd take care of. Yep. So yep. if I don't worry exactly. about those anymore and let God provide, I can now focus on, well, how can I pass that on how god is loving and that's even something at asbury where they said like we when you when i watched the uh, the actual sermon that was given at the bible study and the main thing they're praying for is like you know there's people out there who've never felt the love of god maybe we haven't felt it in here let's pray god pours out his love on us so that we can overflow it onto people out there yeah and really when you consider the way god loves us and he takes care of all those needs that is the example of how we're supposed to go out. Like, oh, God loves us by providing and taking care of us. Can we not go out and find ways that we can serve others? Because that's what God is doing. Exactly. He is, he is exactly. being the servant, and he's God of all. And he's being the exactly. servant. He provided such exactly. an example. It's amazing. That's what the, and then Jesus said that over and over again. Yeah. I came here. I came here. Not the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Mm-hmm. The Son of Man came here not to not to say. He, he says that over and over again. And then what does he say? So we just you just said you just said. The prayer was, uh, people have never felt the love of God. Can can we can God pour out His love on us so that we can share that love mm-hmm. with others? Yeah. Okay. Well, what did Jesus say? Love was greater. Love hath no man than this that he what lay down his life sacrifice. for his friends. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Yes. Lay down your life for your friend. Greater love hath no man than this that you sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That's what love is. That's what love yeah. is. Love is willing the good of the other. Yep. willing the good of the other, wanting what's best for the others. If I have to sacrifice to do it, that's exactly what I'll do. And Jesus was the ultimate example of this, yeah. sacrificing himself for the entire world, all of the sins, all for all time, laid on him yeah. if we will just turn to him. Oh, man, yeah. that's so profound. It's yeah. so incredibly deep. And we have just, Whitney Houston just, got it wrong, saying the greatest love of all was, was loving yourself. No, oh, terrible, terrible, terrible stuff. Yeah. We, we, our culture is full of that. I saw a meme just the other day yeah. of, uh, about, about a bird landing on the, on the branches. And the, and, and, the, and the whole thing was, you know, the bird lands on the branches, not because it trusts the branch, but because it trusts its own wings. So believe in yourself. Mm. And I'm like, that's, kind of, that's probably the worst thing you could possibly I would. I've let myself down too many times. My <laughs> wings have failed me too many yeah. times. I would much rather trust the branch that God created that he's going to be able to, mm-hmm. to, to do stuff than trust my own wings. Please, j- yeah. just no, 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 no. we got to get rid of these things. we got to get rid of that stuff. we got to start thinking, talking more about, you want, you want an adventure? You want, you're going to be so gratified. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the thing. That's the hardest thing about telling this to people is that 
You want you want gratification. You want happiness and satisfaction and gratification. You are going to be so gratified when you just start serving other people and really Groundhog forgetting day. about yourself. Yeah, Groundhog yeah. Day. Yeah, I was thinking that whole time because yes. you, Bill, and yes. we don't know how long that Bill Murray's character has to go and live through that day before he learns to serve everybody else. And even when oh, he gets God. he gets everything he wants when he serves everybody, he got what he wanted. Yeah. Yeah, and what exactly. is he? What is the first thing he says to him when he realizes he's getting into a new day? Well, how can I serve you today? Yeah. Yes. <sighs> yes. Like, I got a whole oh. new day. So what am I going to do with it? What can I do for you today? today. Just let me know what I can do for you. Today. Yeah. I should oh, wake up when wow. I should tell that to my wife. See, like, a, what do you need fantastic. me to do for you today? That is fantastic. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Get up. Serve. Serve. Serve them. Mm. Sir, and fathers, especially men, especially, really need to understand this. We need to understand the idea that that's who we're supposed to be. Yeah, we're supposed to be that servant leader. We're supposed to lay down our lives for our family. We're supposed to be that that, that person. We're supposed to take. We're supposed to take the responsibility, even when even when we didn't create the mess. Right. We take, right. We, create the, we take the responsibility for fixing it, even when we didn't create the mess. We didn't do the problem. We're being Jesus for our family. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. Yep. That's the whole point. And so many of us, we don't even, we don't even get that at all. We're just, it's yeah. all about self-gratification. Oh, that's yeah. Satan's biggest tool. That's Satan's yeah. biggest weapon on us. It's so, oh, yeah. it's so awful, so awful. And our society is inundated with that. It's just imbued with that kind of thinking. It's, oh, man, man, terrible, terrible. No, get out of that. You, that will never, ever make you happy. You think mm-hmm. you're going to be happy by doing that? It's ultimately going to fail you. It's all nonsense. Yeah. Don't do it. Go the other direction. Yeah, and the people are saying, well, I can't love others until I learn to love myself. God is Nonsense. loving you. Take God that love exactly. and how much God loves you to realize how valuable and how worth it you were for what God has exactly. done for you. Carry exactly. that love that God is loving you and share yeah. that. It's yeah. like you have, yeah. you have, you have, God's love so much bigger than you. my love. Yeah, yeah. and if so. he can do that for you, how can you not do it for others? Right. If you so. do that for you, how can you not do that for others? Oh, but I knock over. Take take the me out of the equation, Lord. Right. Take the me out of the equation. Just you and others. Mm-hmm. That's it. And there we go. I think that's a good yeah. place to start wrapping up. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we, we had us a nice little message here today. But <laughs> I think so. I think so. It's, it's good time. stuff. It's always good stuff. Yep. This has gone into like a nice two-hour show. See, that's the thing. We, we start one path with you, and then you, we go on this whole journey. It's the adventure. The adventure. Exactly. Exactly. So, never know where you're going to end up, which never is fantastic. Know. All righty. Well, I want to remind everybody to visit our website, NeverlandPodcast.com. That's where you will also find a little ad right there in the middle of the page. That uh, If you happen to be a podcaster and you want to get your reviews, my podcast reviews for a small fee, like a yearly fee, you can get all your reviews sent straight to your email, all collected. Even the international ones that you usually don't get to see, they'll all be right there. Go check it out. And, of course, when you click through that, it does help me out. Other ways you can help me out, of course, is don't forget to donate on Patreon, patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast. Uh, I really do depend upon that. It really does help. And, of course, we want to thank Karen Kennedy, Ricky Pope of Christian Nerds Unite, and Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show. Those are the voices you hear in our opening. Or don't forget you can email us at podcastneverlandpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. We have both a Facebook fan page and a group page that you can jump on to. And, of course, we still have it open. You can join the Neverlanders right on the Neverland.com website. You just have to have a good nickname. Tell us what your nickname is. Become a Lost Boy or Pixie. And why do we have Pixies? Because I'm going to say it again. What's right out of the book? Girls are too clever. They don't get lost. But we love Pixies. Pixies are awesome. So uh, with that, we our favorite thing, and I had to I had to warn you ahead of time so you're not confused <laughs> of why we do this. But 
Get lost. In an adventure of Christianity. See, there's great adventures. There you go. together. Excellent. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.